It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this uh, penultimate day, before Valentine's Day, because I like the word penultimate. It is the 13th day of February, 2024. This is the Horn, Head Live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. And that's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and we're less than a month away from me having to say Standard Time anymore, and we'll be back to, I don't know, Daylight Savings Time or something, whatever. But anyway, there's some daylight in the sky, my mood is improving, and hi, I'm Robin, it is Titanic Tuesday on the Horn, and of course... Well, we'll be folding in some more in Monday content with that as well. I have no doubt whatsoever. And I, uh, so, um, well, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So we say thank you to our 13th, 12th, 11th, and 10th day of the month subscribers and contributors and a la carte ad hoc friends. And so that means thank you, working backwards. Thank you to Paul. Thank you to Gary and Gaia. Thank you so very much to Gary. Thank you again to Paul. Uh, thank you to Tony in Chico. Thank you to David in, or uh, in Oregon. Thank you to Christopher, also in Oregon. Thank you to John in Maryland. Uh, thank you to Joe, our buddy Joe Vecchio. Thank you all so very kindly for being partial sponsors of the program. Where we find ourselves? Well, we find ourselves with a $930 fundraising hole. And it would be great if we could knock some of that down because, well... Because $930 fundraising holes turn into four-digit fundraising holes very, very easily. I apologize about yesterday, but I did try to make sure everybody knew in advance that I would not be here yesterday. It was a 
that was a candidate thing. Uh, I swear, one of these days, I'm. It, you know, we get the word candidate from the same place that we get the word candid. Naturally, that's Latin. And when running for office, Roman men, I'm neither Roman nor man, uh, would would wear what was called the toga candida. Literally, the candidate toga, but it was particular in its design and its appearance. And I think, uh, I don't know, I might, might, ha- might have to have one made. Uh, the toga, but I don't know, it might not be great for one's skin because the toga candida was made super duper double plus extra special white by covering it in chalk. And that's, that, 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 that's where the word candidate comes from. Just a little bit, a little bit of nerdiness. Uh, for a Titanic Tuesday. Uh, what's that, Emilio? Robin Kincaid bringing you the penultimate radio experience. Penultimately, it's kind of weird. I don't think penultimate works that way, Emilio. <laughs> I, but anyway, I was at a I was at an event last night and introduced myself and told people why I'm running and. That sort of thing. And uh, the thing is, though, it was just basically a long weekend. I was, you know, I was gone yesterday, Monday. I swear, y'all, it feels... I forget who wrote the play, but there was a play at some point in time, oh, within my lifetime or a little before, called Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. And then I think of Wordsworth's poem uh, in which he says, The world is too much with us. We lay waste our, our days, get it coming and going, getting and spending. And the news cycle, not that I'm complaining, I mean, it's in the job description. <sighs> but... It, it, it gets a little overwhelming. And so here it is, you know, I missed Monday, and I feel like I missed a week because of Saturday and Sunday. Good Lord, I don't know if I can handle it if I have to start working working Saturdays and Sundays just to keep up. But here we are. And we will try to catch up. And by the way, uh, thank you to Cat in Ohio. I had a note from Cat recently. Um, I, I feel certain I saw it. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you to Cat in Ohio. For this program, we have a $100 challenge uh, awaiting, uh, 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 well, awaiting people who would like to see 100 turned into 200, whether it's 5 into 10, etc., 25 into 50. Now, I had a note from Kat over the weekend 
the $100 Grandpa Joe may be a bit slow, but gets things done compared to Grandpa Trump is batshit demented crazy out for revenge challenge. Cat, I think now you're just messing with me because that's going to be a mouthful unless somebody matches it really, really quickly. But it is. It's on the table, and it would get us down if some if it gets met, it would get us down to uh, seven hundred and thirty dollars. And what's waiting are things like <laughs> more power bill. Yeah, the rest of the world gets more cow bill. I get more power bill. Um, and the telephony and the interweb tubes and somewhere along the way the for-profit water system would like to have a substantial chunk of change and it uh, it gets a little exhausting but that challenge is out there and that would be a, a, a it would be a sizable help and thank you cat so very much thank you the Grandpa Joe may be a bit slow, but gets things done compared to Grandpa Trump is batshit demented crazy out for revenge challenge. And maybe you know, maybe it seemed like such a long weekend because it was the Super Bowl weekend. And maybe it's just exhausting to watch maggots lose their ever-loving minds. Since Sunday... I have seen video after video of maggots coming completely unglued, and the irony will be will not be lost on our dear friend Matt in San Francisco. Come completely unglued when they realized that Kansas City was going to pull it out in overtime, win in overtime. Because in a matter of seconds, they had gone from hating all things California and all things San Francisco to the Niners being the only hope they had. The Niners were the maggots Obi-Wan. Help us, Obi-Wan. You're our only hope. And again, that feels like it was a year ago. It's just bizarre. But I watched it. Others watched it. You know, I'm sure we all, or almost all of us, watched it. And it was a, it, it, it was an entertaining game. The ads were, huh? Halftime show was good. And was that really the first Super Bowl that had ever gone into overtime? I thought I remembered them saying that somewhere along the way. And especially in a campaign year, I thought it was damn decent of Joe Biden just to let people enjoy the game without trying to promote himself. Crazy, I know. Thank you, Ralphs, for getting us started on Cat's Challenge. The $100 Grandpa Joe may be slow, but Trump is batshit crazy challenge. Thank you, Ralphs. And so that means there's $75 to go on that. It would be wonderful if we could knock that out fairly quickly. And then, so that was, you know, that was Sunday. Uh, we had some we had some nice snacks, and that and I just watched it here together. And... Uh, 
It was fun. Sometimes quiet is good. But no, I, I saw maggots running up and smashing t- television sets. I saw maggot grandmas fer- fervently praying for the Chiefs not to win. Truly, they, they do remind me, and this being Titanic Tuesday, it's a perfect, perfectly appropriate topic. They remind me of what Carl Sagan was writing about back in the 90s in the demon-haunted world. These poor things live in a world where conspiracies are, are hatching and unfolding and, and, and little spores of other conspiracies are, 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 are being blown on the wind through the yard and come up after like mushrooms after a warm spring rain. It must be it honest to, it must be a living hell to be one of those people utterly divorced from reality unable to differentiate between fact and fantasy fact and superstition it Okay, Brother Deacon. First cowbell. Uh, pro tip, the alternative to standard time is in fact substandard time. <laughs> okay, uh, th- thank you, Kevin in Colorado Springs. It was the second to go into overtime. Super Bowl 51 between Atlanta and New England also went into overtime. That was the big Tom Brady comeback from a 25-3 to deficit to win an OT. Yay. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Kevin, serving as the Horn ad hoc how many Super Bowls went into overtime research committee. Appreciate that, Kevin. And congratulations, Randy Radar. Finally got his heat pump repaired. But the bill was hellacious, and Randy says, I don't know if the fix will stand up over time. I got a 30-day warranty on it. Well, maybe... Maybe 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 the groundhog will will grant you some surcease of cold and it'll be it'll be spring there by the time the thirty day warranty's over and you won't need it anymore. That's me, Roxanne Kincaid, little ray of sunshine. Mm-hmm. As for me, the little ray of sunshine woke up this morning to all of the uninterruptible power supplies beeping wildly away. It was as though they were on a timer. I didn't get to sleep real early last night. I found a new series that I'd never watched, and well, it's been over since 2019, so I, I think uh, I'm safe in not getting cliffhangered. But I watched several episodes of that, enjoyed it. Finally turned the lights out about two, and at six o'clock, some things, some things started going beep, 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 and that's always a, a sure sign that yes, in fact, Appalachian power has run under the bed like a terrified chihuahua. I looked out the window and. Lo and behold, at 6 o'clock this morning, there was about, oh, I don't know, 
maybe an inch of snow on the ground. The trees around were very pretty and sugar donut frosted. And it was apparently enough to crash the Appalachian Power rickety coal-fried 125-year-old antiquated power grid. And then when we got the, you know, that's the way it is with Appalachian Power. After your power goes out, they send you an email telling you your power's been interrupted. Thanks. Thanks for the help, y'all. And uh, look, there are good people who work for Appalachian Power. Don't, don't, Don't get me wrong. The problem with an outfit like Appalachian Power is... Structural and systemic. Because no public utility that is more interested in servicing shareholder profits than it is in actually performing its utility function is ever going to... A corporation cannot serve two masters. I think that's in some book somewhere. But when you've got to dump money into shareholder profits, then, yeah, infrastructure is going to suck. Because shareholders always come first. And the only thing there is to to, to keep a, a utility anything resembling honest is to uh, put a big, sharp, toothed public service commission in place but that never really works out because the public service commission winds up being a wholly owned subsidiary of all the utilities it is in a word uh, what was that word you used brother deacon substandard But that, but mercifully, it, we did. We weren't obviously. We're not waiting until 11 p.m. for it to come back. It came back around oh noon, and the house was colder than a well digger's ass by then. And so we spent the rest of the day getting the house warm again. <sighs> so that's pretty much that's pretty much my weekend here. And extra day, Monday. Nothing particularly uh, thrilling. Um, Flavio asks, John Stewart's back. Were you able to see the opening monologue? He hasn't lost his touch. I did. I gotta be. I gotta. I gotta be honest. Um, I was. I wasn't crazy about it. I mean, the but. Look, John Stewart is capable of being guilty of both siderism as much as anyone else. And so he felt the need to highlight the age of Joe Biden, and I would expect him to be better than that. But no, anything anything for a laugh, so there we were. Uh, Flavio says Chiefs versus 49ers. You know the maggots would have complained even if the 49ers had won. You know it. It was a great game, a nail-biter. The officiating was fair, very fair. 
And victory for the 49ers was there for the taking. They just choked in the end. It happens. Yeah. And so we, what, uh, is it, uh, is it on to pitchers and catchers report? Oh, Kim, let me, let me grant your wish. I so don't want to be the skunk at the barbecue, but can we please stop talking about the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift, Ed Alpha, the rest of the week at least, pretty please. Love you, Robin. Love you, Kim. And yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, there are other things to talk about, like Nitwit Nero wanting to start World War III. I mean, that's just the tip of the shitberg. There's much, much more. But, yeah, let, let, let's have an end of it, Kim. I'm right there with you, sis. So that means uh, whither... Quo uh, Wadis, whither now? Okay, where's that coming from? All right. So, um, I, I think there's there's there are multiple opportunities here. Uh, we can start with something scary. Why not? Because uh, among other things, Mother Russia has put the Prime Minister of Estonia, Kaya Kalas, on a wanted list because the Prime Minister of Estonia wants to take down Soviet-era World War II monuments. Mother Russia... Foreign Ministry spokes creep Maria Zakharova went on the Russian-owned platform Telegram and said, This is just beginning. The liberators of the world from Nazism and fascism must answer for crimes. And they added other people from Latvia and Lithuania who are also taking down Soviet monuments. As of today, the Foreign Intelligence Service in Estonia put out a new report saying that Mother Russia plans to um, put even more troops along the Baltic state borders as well as the Finnish border because Vladdy Daddy, you know, Miss, Li- Miss Lindsay's daddy, Pooty Poot, uh, apparently has something, something passing for a hard-on for attacking NATO states.
in the report referenced, it says the Kremlin is probably anticipating a possible conflict with NATO within the next decade. For Estonia, Russia's military reform entails a significant increase in Russian forces near the Estonian border in the coming years. And this comes, of course, amid amid the chaos of uh, well, I don't know, Ralph. That it that might be that 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 might be Maria Zakharova. What her voice is like. I mean, she is, after all, a Kremlin spokes creep. I can't imagine she's a very nice person. Um. But, you know, things are getting hot there, and meanwhile I was over on that, uh, steaming, that steaming dog shit pile uh, that used to be known as Twitter. And upon the passage of the Senate's foreign aid bill that sends aid to uh, Taiwan and Ukraine... And Israel. Uh, 29 maggot senators lost their tiny minds. And over on that dumpster fire platform, they were, they were, they were throwing a fit. Because uh, their, their American daddy, Trump, told Miss Lindsay to vote no. And others were saying, Joe Biden's going to get us into World War III. And I'm sometimes, I'm sometimes astonished by the, the, the depth of stupidity of the average uh, self-important self maggot. Because the entire point of aiding Ukraine in its own self-defense is to not have World War III. To beat back the ravenous hordes of Mother Russia. So that they don't decide to get froggy and inv- invade Poland and Latvia and Lithuania and Estonia and Finland. Although I'm, and, and don't, nobody wants to see that, but I have a feeling, given the track records. Ah, the Finns will probably, ha- might very well hand the Russians their ass again some more. Do not fuck with the Finns. But apparently, Pootie can't remember that. But it's a sobering thing to read a report that says Putin prepping for military clash with NATO. An article in The Guardian quoted Capo uh, Rosen, who's Director General of the Foreign Intelligence Service of Estonia, who said that Mother Russia has chosen a path which is a long-term confrontation. And, of course, the Estonians are supporters of Ukraine in Mother Russia's brutal assault on their very existence. But everything got set into a lather 
this weekend when Orange Julius Geezer started blathering about, well, basically an extension of his shakedown scheme for Ukraine. Remember, his problems all began when he tried to bribe Ukraine into dishing dirt on Hunter, Hunter Biden. And you died. And that led to the bribery charge and the first impeachment. And so when he was speechifying on Saturday, completely and utterly divorced from reality, he said, you didn't pay? You're a delinquent? No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You gotta pay. Uh, here's the thing. There's no such thing as debt or delinquency within NATO. It just isn't. And the Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, uh, didn't like what he heard at all and said, any suggestion that allies will not defend each other undermines all of our security, including that of the U.S., and puts American and European soldiers at increased risk. Encouraging the Kremlin, because that's what he did. He actively encouraged Putin to do exactly what this article was warning about. Violate NATO countries' sovereignty. And, uh, yeah, do it. Just do it. Teach him a lesson. And then send me the money. That money. (sighs) May you live in interesting times. Um. Oh, Ken says, uh, Stop the World was a song by Extreme on the album. Th- uh, th- three to Every Story? I, it, the Goddess of Ironies playfully, playfully suggests another song from the same for tomorrow, Cupid's Dead, It Rocks. Well, Stop the World I Want to Get Off is, I think, uh, it's an entire play. But that may be the case as well, Ken. Um, Note coming in from Dave and the Blind. Anniversary of the firebombing of Dresden and other interesting stuff. I just started listening to a short story on Audible by Kurt Vonnegut called The Man Without a Country. It's autobiographical. I did not realize it, but today is the anniversary of the firebombing of Dresden, which he survived. I started listening to this selection on Audible today, and it is the first piece of Vonnegut's work I've consumed. It is well worth looking up, your buddy Dave in the Blind. Oh, you've got you've got a real treat ahead of you if you've never never had any Vonnegut. It's all it's all amazing. 
Cat's Cradle, Player Piano, Schlachthaus Fünf, Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, that's that's on the uh, that that'll be on a lot of band book lists because Slaughterhouse Five has long been on a band book list because in addition to the rest of the madness that one finds tucked away in those pages, in that allegory, in that little bit of autobiography. I think you probably, I don't know, within, you know, just within um, literary studies, you could make an argument that before Tom Wolfe ever coined the term new journalism, Kurt Vonnegut was doing it. But I'm glad you got to listen to it, Dave, and I hope uh, I hope you uh, check out some more. Yeah, the firebombing of Dresden was hell because there were no military targets there whatsoever. It was strictly a matter of revenge by a man named Bomber Harris for the what was it? The firebombing of Coventry. Yeah. Uh, you you didn't pay. Lee in New York says, said the guy who had his companies go bankrupt, stiffed his contractors, delayed cases until the attorneys and plaintiffs gave up. Oh, I know. Three sides to every story. Thank you, Ken, who said, <laughs> Bill the cat noises. Yes. Where else? What else? Because there is so much. It is Titanic Tuesday, so let's do some stupid. Let me introduce us all to a maggot by the name of Mark Meckler. Oh, this guy's a real Lulu. Never heard of him before, but I have heard of the organization that he runs. He's the president of a tax-exempt grift called the Convention of States Foundation. Now, in years past, we have spent a considerable amount of time discussing this outfit and others similar to it. There was one coming from an allegedly progressive angle called Wolfpack at one time, and that was an equally dumb idea because the whole thing is centered on, hey, kids... Let's have an Article 5 Convention of the States and redo the Constitution like James Madison was terrified might happen. I mean, it's, it, is, it is the dumbest idea in American politics, period. Hold all calls, we have a winner. The problem with the Article 5 Convention of the States, as Madison pointed out, was that once you call a constitutional convention, all bets are off. And he, in his way, said, and I would know because I did that.
The Articles of Confederation back in the beginning of this country said that the Articles could not be modified except by unanimous consent of all 13 states. Well, Madison and Hamilton and Jay and others convened an, uh, a constitutional convention and said, uh uh and proceeded to completely ditch the Articles of, Confe- of, of, of uh, Confederation and came up with what we now recognize as the Constitution of the United States. And that's what this clown wants to do as well. And so once that sucker would gavel in, uh, who knows what kind of bats would fly out of the belfry. And Meckler, in turn, is someone who pals around with a fraud by the name of David Barton, and we've talked about him in the past. Oh, talking about David Barton goes all the way to the, back to the very earliest days of this program. He fancies himself a historian when, in fact, he's a charlatan and just makes crap up. He is not an academician. He is not a professional. He's just a theocrat who tries to use phony baloney made-up history to justify his theocratic spasms. And so, because Barton is a tax-exempt Christian nationalist grifter, he has a tax-exempt Christian nationalist show. Wall Builders Live! And so this Mark Meckler creep showed up on Wall Builders Live today to talk about the southern border. And Mark Meckler, by God, has a plan to solve the crisis at the southern border. It's not, you're not going to like this. And get the hockey puck. And the funny thing is, uh, the solution this guy proposes is one of the most ugly, most toxic ideas in all of American history, and it has had, you know, alongside things like nullification and secession, a weird staying power. I might even be more radical than those guys on this. I, I don't. I don't think there's any way to solve this permanently without military action. Yeah. Uh, we can create a buffer on our side of the river, on our side of the border, and that's helpful. Sealing a 1,300 mile border very difficult. And I think you know he said a a border, whatever a buffer zone. I would call it. It's like the DMZ between the Koreas. Yeah. There needs to be a kilometer of cleared territory that is a no man's zone. Come in here. We, we believe you're hostile, you have hostile intent, and we're going to clear you out, and it needs to be that way. That would require military action, whether that's from Texas or the federal government. I would prefer it's the federal government does that. I think that we ought to acknowledge that the cartels have declared war on the United States of America, uh, and whether they say it or not, in their actions, they've declared war on us. They control our border now. 
I don't know if you've seen Ben Shapiro's new special uh, on the invasion. It's absolutely incredible. He's got a drone flying right I thought up. you were going to ask me if I saw Ben Shapiro's new rap song. I did see that. <laughs> yes, number one, by the way. That was very uh, good, Which he's very proud of. Yep. It's, it's just weird, man, but it's good. <laughs> Same week, a number one rap song, full-length interview with Elon Musk at Auschwitz. Uh, and the border documentary released. I don't know how he did. Wow. The guy doesn't sleep. Wow. Uh, but yeah. he, in one of the scenes, there's a drone. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the name of that rap song they're talking about is called "Dry Feet, Mrs. Shapiro." Drone flying directly above him, and he goes, "Oh, is that one of ours?" And the border patrol, 24-year border patrol guy, said, "No, that's that's a cartel drone." He goes, "Well, are you going to shoot it down?" What? And he said, "No, we're not allowed to." And he goes, "What do you mean you're not allowed to?" And he said. You have to get permission personally from Secretary Mayorkas to shoot down any drones. Anybody believe said, that this? That drone's watching us because they know we're not a normal patrol, and they're trying to figure out what we're doing here, so they send a drone to check us out. Oh, wow. And so this is oh, wow. so why tell that. So let's take a moment here. Uh, this Meckler goon wants to create a, a, a mile-wide buffer zone. So that would be a mile on either side of the U.S.-Mexican border and just completely clear the land. <laughs> he wants to Gazify actual Mexican territory. I, I'll tell you what, this little, this little genocide that Israel's cranked up has really given the maggots some ideas. Emilio, yes, I agree. Yes, Mexican cartels have declared war on the U.S. because they're really, really, really dumb. Indeed. And no, they haven't. It might help if we actually looked at the so-called cartels as what they are. Manifestations of pure capitalism. 200 proof laissez-faire capitalism. There's a supply, there's a demand, there's a market, and nature abhors a vacuum. You get the idea that these clowns Uh, have have never heard of the port of Los Angeles, where most of the illicit fentanyl in the United States comes from. During Prohibition in the 1920s, there was a problem in this country with bathtub gin. Well, here, in the 2020s, we have a problem with bathtub fentanyl. And as opposed to, you know, your booze having some wood alcohol in it and perhaps blinding you. Well, the fentanyl will just kill you. Well, I'm sorry, Flavio. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I saw I saw the clip of John Stewart and I did. It was both ciderism. It was comparative. And, you know, I thought the 
sorry, Kim in New York, I'm going to violate my own rule and your own request here for a moment. I thought the little video that got put out by the, by the Biden campaign from TikTok was cute. I thought it was well written. Which Kelsey do you prefer? Mother Kelsey. I hear she makes great chocolate chip cookies. And for some reason or another, John Stewart thought, thought that that was just the absolute Everest of out-of-touch old man cluelessness. <sighs> Go figure. But back to Mark Meckler, who wants to gazify the Mexican border. Regardless of the consent of, you know, Mexico, who has more troops on the border than we do, for whom this is as big a problem, the, the, the flow of migrants, as it is for the United States. But again, I would be sorely remiss if I didn't take note of the fact that uh, we only have these border crises when there's a Democrat in office. And I don't mean because democratic policies create the border crisis. I mean because there's some, oh, for all I know, uh, good old-fashioned tax-exempt Christian grift money, or maybe just billionaire money, banging around, banging around down in Central America. Hey, y'all, hit the road. America and freedom awaits. And in almost no time, no time at all, you have scary, uh, scary music on Fox and. Snare drums and the like, and Emery and Marveline have to strap on a nitroglycerin patch and give it a good smack and rub it a little bit because they're on the verge of a full-on conniption there in their matching Barca loungers in the in their single wide in the ballerina Swan Lake Trailer Court and Country Club. Ugh. But don't worry, the multimillionaire for-profit media will never uh, point that out. As to an Article 5 con uh, convention, Lee in New York says, It is the dream of the oligarchs. Can't you see them salivating? Corporations are people too. Oh, that's only the beginning. Uh, we, could, uh, we could have a constitution that says that uh, women are second... That, well, that the only first-class citizens... Gosh, it would almost be like the, the the genuine article, the original, that the only first-class citizens in the United States are white, Christian, cisgender, heterosexual, property-owning men. And then we could get rid of that nasty voting problem. Oh, but Mark Meckler wasn't done. Oh, hell no. That's great. Oh. He said that the cartels have operational control of the border. We don't. We're not doing that kind of stuff. They are. And so we have to yeah. get that operational control. The only way to do it is militarily. Uh, I think that the federal government ought to go in and make military strikes against the cartels. Uh, we know where they are. We know where they're headquartered. We know where their people are. We need to do it in this country. In a uh, I see. I see. But, yeah, uh, we know it, but we haven't told the Mexican government. So they can go and deal with the problem on their no, because I mean, because the entire country of Mexico is just one great big Mad Max chaotic 
free fire zone. Only it's not. The cartels operate in fairly well-defined areas, meeting a need that America wants, again, filling a vacuum, servicing a market, because that's how capitalism works. But don't dare tell the maggots that the cartels are pure, unrestrained capitalism, because the next thing you know, they'll be saying that you don't love Jesus. Because Jesus and capitalism are pretty much interchangeable at this point with these people. Mass coordinated fashion, because the cartels are well ensconced in this country, pretty much in every major city and most of the minor cities in this country. We need to round them up, throw them in prison, send them back to Mexico. I I mean, frankly, I'm going to use a really harsh word. We need to exterminate the cartels. And so that means going into Mexico. Now, people would say, well, you're violating a sovereign country's territory. Mm-hmm. Well, Mexico is not a sovereign country any longer. Mexico is a... F- oh, <laughs> well, he certainly dealt with that in a hurry, didn't he? It, it, by the uh, by, the fiat of the thin gray settlings that slop around between the ears of Mark Meckler and pass for brains, Mexico is no longer a sovereign nation anymore. It's just a placeholder for Merca South. And like I said, this was one of, this is one of the most pernicious ideas that has infested and infected the American psyche from jump. It, whether it's Aaron Burr entertaining fantasies of being the king of Mexico or James K. Polk satisfying the bloodthirsty urge primarily of Southerners, Southern white men, to try to take over Mexico, or the invasion by Mormons of Mexico in the late 1800s, early 1900s. You know, Bishop Willard's Bishop Willard's daddy, George, was actually born in Mexico. And then the Romneys came back across the border. Illegal aliens! And decided to settle down in, I don't know, Utah, Michigan, Massachusetts, wherever it was. and then, and then, brave, brave Willard during the Vietnam conflict donned his black suit, his white shirt, his skinny tie with a copy of the Book of Mormon clutched to his breast, got on his bicycle and pedaled around La Boule Miche in Paris. Yeah. Never mind. Well, that was a tangent, wasn't it? Failed narco state. The federal government is not in control of their military. The federal government is not in control of their police. Their state governments are not. Their local governments not in control of their police forces. That is a failed narco-terrorist state. And so we have to treat it as such. And I don't mind. Let's go in. 
let's clean out the cartels, let's do what has to be done, prop up a a government that is actually a government that is going to be friendly to the United States and and is going to continue to work with us to limit cartel activity in Mexico. If we don't do that, we're going to have a terrorist state, which we have right now on our border forever. To me, this is like Gaza. They're invading our country. They're invading our country every day. They're killing our people. And we have to go in and use maximum force to oust them, create a buffer zone along the border. If we do that, we'll have border security. It's that simple. You got that? It's that simple. Uh, what was it that Porfirio Diaz said? Poor Mexico. So far from God. So close to the United States. God. But, you know. If he gets his Article 5 convention, among other things, maybe he could get himself a war with Mexico. I wonder how maggot moms and dads would feel like, uh, would, would feel about their sons and daughters coming home from Mexico, not from, not from spring break in lovely Puerto Vallarta, but from some godforsaken battlefield they were sent to on the whim of a Christian fascist mullah. There we go, Lee in New York with an absolutely historical reference. Getting rid of the supply, obviously getting rid of the source of the bad substance will solve the consumption problem. See the success of the 18th Amendment. Yeah, see the see my previous reference to bathtub gin. Emilio says cartels aren't capitalist, Robin. They're made of brown people. Da. No brown capitalists. <sighs> the fascism does get tiresome, though. It really, really does. But while we're on this titanic intellect, we should probably check in with Andrew Womack. Yeah, let's uh, let's check in with the Christian nationalist uh, blatherfest called Flashpoint. Now, this comes through the toxic network of Kenneth Copeland. I think it was his daughter who started the uh, mini measles epidemic. Oh, okay, wait. Uh, Ron and Raleigh says, shooting at the border. Now, hold on a minute. Is it me, is it just me, or did a U.S. border agent shoot and kill a Mexican national on the Mexican side of the border and was acquitted of any wrongdoing? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. White men are going to be the death of us all. No, you're not just imagining it. That did happen. And while we're at it, Ron, let's talk a little bit about the fact that 
Greg Asbot, the governor of Texas, is engaged in open insurrection against the United States federal government. Remember that term I have coined, because it will eventually show up on uh, some multimillionaire for-profit media program. Constructive secession. That's seceding, but still cashing the check. Uh, Matt in San Francisco says, I came in late. Uh, If we invaded Mexico, wouldn't that be the opposite of border security? Just spitballing, but how about we look at why life is so hard in America that people can't seem to bear it without getting high? Well, we dare not look at that too much, or we'll find out that there's an absolute mm, existential crisis in this country. Hell, you don't even have to look at it very hard to figure out that there's an existential crisis in this country. Uh, the the uh, the Gen Zers are looking at a terrifying future. The Gen Alphas are just well, they're very young. Some of them just entering adolescence. And the world they're facing is, is, is horrifying. It's kind of like something that Joy in Ann Arbor said. Namely that uh, she, has two, she has two places where she will not compromise. And that is bodily autonomy and climate change. Well, you've got, you've got legislatures in probably half the state, more than half the states who are trying to make sure that they do nothing about climate change and that bodily autonomy, for women at least, and for anyone who isn't white, straight, cis, Christian, and male, is a thing of the past. So, mm, that's, uh, oh, I think that's, uh, what are the words, Matt? A uh, searching investigation or a, a, a searching inventory. It's somewhere in that, in the, in that book. You know, looking deeply within oneself. And by that book, I don't mean the Bible. There is, there's a crisis of, there is a crisis of existence in this country. And all the churches in this country, all those tax-exempt grifts, can't solve it. Now they might be able to mask over it and just perhaps mute the agony a little bit. They can't solve it. The maggots don't want to solve it. They like things just as they are. 
And if they were to get complete power again, it would just be a matter of not talking about it anymore. Yes, fearless and searching. Thank you, Matt. Fearless and searching inventory. Or examination. Yes, thank you. That's the one thing uh, that, that a lot of people in this country don't want anyone in this country doing. But anyway, back to Andrew Womack for a minute. And his creepy little program that is basically run through Kenneth Copeland's tax-exempt grift. And uh, apparently Andrew Womack wants to hit the road this year to get the good god fear and upstanding bible believing christ centered evangelical fundamentalist homosexual christian republicans all worked up into a lather so flashpoint is hosted by some guy named gene bailey and andrew womack runs the truth and liberty show sit liberty sit And Womack and uh, Gene Bailey got into a question about, well, what's one of the favorite fetish objects of the right wing these days? Civil War! I had a note from Micah earlier uh, telling me that uh, she had seen a trailer for a movie called Civil War. Micah said there should be a trigger warning on it. Girlfriend says half the theater is going to be aghast and the other half will be having a wet dream. And I bet I know which half is which. Uh, going back uh, a couple of topics. Arnold says, okay, I did not realize that our largest trade partner should be invaded. In the name of Jesus! Look, says Arnold, I pick on his age, but the Biden administration has done very good for the American people, and I'm really sick of this shit. I'm actually tired of talking about how the fu- how fucked the right wing is. And Texas is soft seceding. Oh, that's also known as constructive secession. But, Arnold says, they're too much of a bunch of pussies to give up the tax money. Ever wonder why we say people aren't too, mu- uh, uh, aren't, aren't, aren't too much of a bunch of testicles? I mean, they're dainty. They're delicate, they're tender, they're sensitive. They're just hanging out there waiting to be whacked. But no, Texas, Texas, well, again, it's straight out, it's straight out of idiocracy. Texas is, I like money. And so they keep cashing the check. But apparently, even my state, poor, broken, beaten down, uh, shattered, bombed, blasted, burnt, West Virginia, uh, our maggot legislature, has decided to send money to them poor people in Texas so they can buy more razor wire to keep the Mexicans out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Ralphs. A searching and fearless moral inventory. There's the, there's the whole phrase. Thank you, Ralphs. 
the whole phrase for something most of America, regardless of uh, addiction or uh, dependence status, the stone-cold sobers in America, if they're maggots, could not do a searching and fearless moral inventory. Because to do that would be to stare into the abyss. And for that crowd, the abyss damned well will stare back. Okay, okay, that's better. You know, I've always felt that way, Arnold says. I've always felt that way about the P word. Okay, they're a bunch of chodes. Don't play with me. I could do this all night. Including a meme of Mike Pencil Neck Geek's head uh, superimposed on a football field. The 49ers can still win if Mike Pence has the courage to do the right thing. Sweet Jesus, Arnold, what is that? What what is that Obi Wan thing? It looks like a cross between a, 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 a Shai Halud from Dune and Obi Wan Kenobi, and there's some star anise by it. I'm a little lost. Uh, okay, back to Ant because yeah, this guy is not going to this guy is not going to uh, influence policy. But what he does do is he gets the shut-ins who watch him and influences them to one degree or another to sign on with his batshit nuttery and reaches the conclusion that, hey, you know what? Civil War might be cool. Just imagine what it takes to say something like that. How can we use your declaration of our dependence on God as our declaration of independence and use the Bible as a constitution and have a, I don't know what you'd want to call it, a great revolution, but a new, a new, uh, a new, you know, do it again. You know, Molly, I don't believe we need to come up with a new constitution. The one we have is fine. The problem is people aren't following it. They've always got a southern accent, don't they? Our Constitution, I mean, if you were to put it into biblical terms, if they were still writing the Bible today, I believe that the American Constitution and the founding of this nation would be in Scripture as one of the great things that God has done. Whoa. But that's only if they were still writing the Bible today. wonder where the Civil War would fit. Abraham fit the Battle of Gettysburg, Gettysburg, Gettysburg. Abraham fit the Battle of Gettysburg. And the Rebs went falling down. And we're a day early for me to say this, but, and it's all tax-free. Hallelujah. So there's nothing wrong with our Constitution. It's the fact that we aren't following it. And, you know, I've dealt with this before. I've actually told people that if Trump gets back in, there are people that are saying that they will physically fight. They, right. We've seen riots in the streets, you know, back during the 2020 and the George... <laughs> back during the 2020 and the George Floyd? 
However, his uh, uh, his his memory his memory fails when it comes to thinking about January the sixth, twenty twenty one. George Floyd and uh, riots and all these things, and I've actually had people say say that if Trump was to be elected, if we got a conservative Congress, that they fear that we would have another uh, civil war. And you know what? I don't want a civil war. I don't know anybody that does. But but would it be worth it to turn this nation back? I believe it would. You know, it's always the guys who aren't going to be out there catching bullets who say things like, I think another civil war would be worth it. You first, motherfucker. You first. Constitution's fine. We're just not following it. Which version there? Andy. Emilio says he's right. People aren't following the Jesus supremacy clause of the Constitution. So the Constitution. That's a classic case of come on, you lets you and it lets you and them fight. Stephen New York observed a moment ago, we believe the Old Testament too, every word. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19.34 God, the urge to do my terrible Yule Brenner is so strong, but I'm not going to. Oh, I'd be violent. No, yeah. Civil War plot, Ron and Raleigh says, the movie's plot posits that the U.S. government has become a despotic tyranny, so an alliance is formed between California and Texas, also a Florida faction. Sounds like a maggot wet dream. Oh, I'm sure it is. It, it's probably just a remake of... Uh... Oh, yep. Uh, is 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 there a kid in it yelling Wolverines? Red Dawn. Jesus, it just sounds gross. Thanks, Ron. Did I hear correctly? Dave in the blind asks. Subject line: Nazis reoccupied Auschwitz. Did I hear correctly that Nazi bastard Leon Scum did an interview from Auschwitz? What is he trying to reoccupy the place for use by Mother Russia? Quest, just asking questions. And speaking of just asking questions, uh, who here remembers Rear Admiral Jack Mehoff from the last presidential cycle as well as I understand that he's come out with a new book called All Hands, A History of Dating and Sexual Practices in the United States Navy. I have a feeling it'll be a rousing good time had by all your buddy Dave. <laughs> Admiral Jack Mehoff. Next public hearing, somebody's going to have to sign that on, uh, sign that name on the sign-up sheet so that uh, Tom Fast will have to read that one too. Anita Dick and me's already been to a hearing. Uh, the Bible merged with the Constitution. Lee in New York says in advance, forgive me, 
Two women bring a child before Chief Justice Solomon for a SCOTUS ruling. One woman is white and the other black. Both want the child as their own. The justice says, give three-fifths of that black child to the white woman. I wish that was less accurate than it probably would be. Yes, Emilio, you're right. Give Dave a cowbell. Agreed. Uh, that, that was a good call. Oh, dear. Okay, uh, by the way, uh, thanks to Ralph's, we are $25 into the $100 a challenge courtesy of Cat and Ohio. The um, Grandpa Joe may be slow, but Trump is batshit crazy challenge. Uh, it'd be great if we could knock that down. And the sooner the better, because lots of folks want lots of money to keep all of this going. So let's run over and uh, check in. Um, we got somebody on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, Robin. Hey, Todd. How are you? I'm okay. How you doing? I, I feel I feel a little Billy Pilgrim-ish. You know, we were talking about Slaughterhouse Five. I feel like I'm kind of stuck in time. <laughs> take, take one extra day, and you feel yeah. and and, you, and it feels like a month now. The leap year? I, I'm a, at this point, I'm scared to death of that. It was. I think it was a leap year. Yeah. This was. This was a leap year. It is yeah. a leap year. Yeah. So uh, yeah. let's see. The 29th day of February will fall on. She said, "Not knowing." Uh, it'll fall on a uh, Thursday. And well, Ma- and March. I hope it has life alert. <laughs> Okay. You're off and running. I'm glad you got it because I was out. No, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. There are baby, there are babies out there celebrating their first, their first birthday coming up on the 29th. <laughs> and is that? I don't, oh, I don't right. know. Is that just? Is that just a mom and dad call? Whether you celebrate the birthday on the... You can't celebrate it on the 28th because that's a day early. So you just celebrate it on the 1st and then... Those poor babies. I, You know what? That probably poses a problem because you know in the family somebody's going to have a difference. There's always someone who wants to do it differently. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the exact... <laughs> It's kind of the exact opposite of the kids who were born on on December twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth, because those mm-hmm. kids know they're getting stiffed. You know, they're just that the mommy and daddy are just holding back a, a, a Christmas present. Happy birthday, kid! See, so we're on the same page, right? I was as soon as you brought that up, I, didn't, I had never thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Some parents just give them like two two birthday parties. Say, like, well, you know what? You get two parties this year. Or you always get two parties because you were a leap year baby. Or, you know, when they're leap years and they're little. I don't know. You know, it's, it's a bunch of different ways. Uh, well, how much snow do you have? I missed that part. Uh, or did you have any snow? Oh, no, we got we got some. It's It started sometime after midnight and uh, had a little bit of wind. 
and got up this morning. It was absolutely beautiful because the sun was out. The snow was sparkling on the treetops right before it melted. And we had about an, mm-hmm. in, about an inch of snow on the ground. And the power went out. <laughs> because, of course, it did. Damn. Clean, coal fried electricity. Those people? They still hate TBA. They still hate Roosevelt. Well, I mean, we weren't. We're not in the Tennessee Valley Authority area anyway. But you know, we we could. Okay. Have, it, it's it, you know, for for profit utilities always have a conf, an inherent conflict of interest between. Service, servicing the precious dainty shareholders versus actually doing what the public utility is supposed to do. Hmm. Public utility. Hmm. Public. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Right. I mean, it, and, you know, not that this is not an issue for the program or anything, but let's say we, we, we don't have a furnace here. <laughs> we, we don't have a furnace here. Every light bulb is LED. Right. Uh, we run one computer 24-7 because the production computer just stays on. We have a fridge and a stove. And that's pretty much it. A couple of little space mm-hmm. heaters. And still the power bill manages to be $400. Some significant portion of that is servicing shareholders. Yeah. It's not it's not exactly it's not exactly going to massive infrastructure repair because we still have electric lines running on uh, 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 stapled to toothpicks running through the woods around here. That's what I don't understand. There ought to be, you know. I mean, we, I mean, to be fair, we can't, we can't, we can't bury it because you can go about a, you know, you can go about a foot down and then you got to start drilling and blasting. Right. You're right. Yeah. Come on. You're right on top of bedrock. Come on. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's it's lack of I don't know. It's like lack of lack of vision. Because there's a lot of things like with cable television, power, uh, you know, people, these, like where I live, we have a monopoly. It's like other people that just live two miles away, they have choices. You know, I had to buy my, we had to buy our power from one particular outlet. And they, they get it. Everybody gets their power from the same place, except, it, you know, we had to pay a surcharge because they, you know, it's like uh, they're little man. And, and, um, you know, when I lived in the city, when I lived in the city, I, I had options and I, I got my power from a co-op. And it was, oh, it was, it was more than affordable. And I felt good about it because I was like, oh, it's green and it's a co-op. Check. I put two checks on that box. And my, oh, I didn't even think about electricity. It was, you know, but yeah, like you said, it's, uh, you know, it's like Monopoly. It's that when you land on that, you know, power, electric company, or railroad, you know, it's a utility. It's a big scam. It's a big scam. Because, like you said, they should be putting money into the infrastructure, but they don't. But they don't. Uh, you, you know, 
um, a couple of maybe last week, or it's been going on for a couple of weeks. There's been the young people are now just figuring out what happened with the New Deal, and especially young folks that live in the Northeast. Um, you know, like where I grew up, and and when you live in a city and you see all these train trestles, every time you go downtown, you might take a train to go downtown or the subway. All that was WPA, and you, you know you can look at the. Mm, not a time stamp, but you know, you can look at the year when things were built. If you're curious, cornerstone, the cornerstones of these bridges and structures and such. I like cornerstones. So, see, I know you well because you, we like history. I mean, it's important. It's like, okay, I know what you, you know, and right, I know you would appreciate this. And I mean, it, how much can you expect from this stuff? Like, literally, last time I was up, I was there not long ago. And I'm like, oh, they hadn't fixed that since I was a kid going to school in the 70s. You can see these stalactite of minerals, you know, dripping down from the ceiling of a trestle under going underneath. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's just waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, that's just long-term corrosion in, in, in many instances. But talking about corners, I remember when I was a student up at Harvard on the Mon in Morgantown, uh, I walked around downtown a lot, walked a, walked a lot, and I remember looking up at the top of an old sandstone building, sandstone blocks, and seeing across the lintel there at the top, I guess it's a lintel, and it said, Women's Temperance Union. Really? Yeah. I mean, we 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 tend we tend to think of you know people like Carrie Nation and 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 the and you know the wild-eyed uh, prohibitionists and stuff, but that's a reminder that that movement had money, lots and lots of money to the point that they were building three and four-story buildings in places like Morgantown, West Virginia. Mm. And see, West Virginia, we actually uh, got out in front of the the prohibition spasm and imposed prohibition in 1913. Mm. And I was thinking about that the other day because in 1913, oh, you know, you've got people like uh, uh, Justice Holmes Jr. on the court. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a statewide prohibition on alcohol, I mean, the Supreme Court had nothing to say about it? Did no one sue? I mean, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Do you understand why I'm asking that question? And I don't mean to talk down I, when I say that. No, that's that's why I bring no. That's why I'm trying to I'm trying to piggy like add on some some color to what you're saying is that all right we're coming out of the Victorian era Victorian era uh, late 1800s early 1900s okay people are coming back from World War One and and they've experienced like you know a different way of living there's a lot of folks that was when people transitioned mostly from living in the in the farms to cities. 
And it was it start that's when it started to even out. Like almost as many people living in on farms as they were in urban areas. And you had film. You know, they weren't talkies yet, but they were it was, you know, people watching films and how people in cities lived and they were drinking and having fun and, and the women were wearing short skirts, you know, because you're moving into the into the twenties. But even then, you see, there was a Remember, this is right before the resurgence of the Klan again. And you had that hard Christian right, like what we're dealing with now, the Tea Party people. And they're like, they were like, just like now with the Crusades. Remember, they they still still use that red cross, you know, like in the Crusades, that cross you see on their shield. That that was incorporated into the Klan um, regalia, if you remember. Yes. Wasn't wasn't that the cross of St. James? I don't know the saint, but it, it does come from the Bible, and that's why they use it. Because we're like going through the Crusades now. We're doing the Middle East, you know, it's just East versus West kind of. But you know, yeah. So we had all of the convergence of all these things, and um, the temperance. You know, that was a part of it. That was a big part of it because the Eastern Europeans, you know, the Germans and Eastern Europeans, you know, they. And Italians, especially, you know, they drinking is a part of the culture. And the wives, they drank too, but they they just needed, you know, they wanted to look down on somebody all the time because that's what they do. And uh, you know, it's, it's just a big mess. And, and, and at the end of the day, like we were talking about earlier, which I did catch, you know, prohibition. It's all about prohibition because people people do things. You know, people do things. And people have always done things. And when you try to legislate people's behavior, you know, you you get into trouble. Society gets into trouble. I mean, it's not winnable. You can't do it. You, you can make suggestions. You know, like 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 cigarettes. Look look how successful the anti-smoking movement was. You know, when we were growing up, we smoked. Everybody smoked. That was a successful movement. Yes, because I mean, uh, considering how long it took me to quit quit smoking cigarettes, uh, I, I came by it honest because I was I was born addicted. Damn. My father used to talk about how my mother would wake up at two o'clock in the morning, reach over on the nightstand, fire up a Raleigh, and sit there and have a cigarette at two o'clock in the morning, put it out, and go back to bed. You know, while she was carrying me. That's what I was going to ask you. Oh, okay. Were you, were you low birth weight? Well, it, it kind of makes me wonder because I think I was, well, I was like seven pounds three or seven pounds four. God, I might have been a fifteen pound baby if she hadn't have smoked. <laughs> but then again, her, her but, but then again, my mother was a 13-pound baby, and my grandmother did not smoke. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe mom Your was... Your mother in, was a 13... Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, my, <laughs> she was the last baby my grandmother had, too, by God. <laughs> You're right, though. She probably was... She probably, we don't know. She might have been thinking about that. I don't want to. No, I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to have no thirteen pound baby. Hand, hand me a hand me a Marlboro, Kenneth. You sure you want that, hon? Yup. Give me two. 
<laughs> he's growing fast. I got to Curtis. Curtis enthusiast. Uh, that's that's funny. Thirteen pounds. That's kind of yeah. That's yeah. You probably would have been fifteen. No, yeah. You, you might have been. It's a little worrisome. <laughs> but what I was getting at with the women's temperance union is the fact. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's that's okay. Uh, I think it's it's kind of funny too. Um. Of course, she was also carrying me during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and once I figured that out, that screwed with me. It's like, oh, mom, that must have been weird. Uh, but in 1913, West Virginia, um, on a state level, chooses prohibition, and other states were doing it too, and nothing came of it in terms of the Supreme Court of the United States. Because the Supreme, you know, this is 1913, so, you know, it was less than 20 years previously, we got the slaughterhouse cases and Plessy versus Ferguson and Lochner and all of the, all of the evil that that era's Supreme Court did. And it, 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 it's worrisome to me because we have a similar time now. Uh, Sorry to bring up that topic, but Ralph sent me a story earlier that was chilling. Uh, they, they're having a spasm in Georgia, in, and uh, they had a big old anti-trans committee meeting, and the only people who were allowed to speak were people who spoke in support of these fascist bills. The people who were opposed to the bill were only allowed to raise their hands. That's not fair. The only people who were allowed to speak were the Gays Against Groomers, which is not even a real group, and, of course, the Log Closet Republicans. It was the Georgia Senate Committee on Education and Youth. I got Something just tells me Georgia has bigger education problems than, say, a trans kid in a high school needing to pee. But they're 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 in their they're in their book banning spasm. West Virginia's in our book banning spasm, and we were talking about Kurt Vonnegut earlier. You know, it won't just be that book queer. It won't just be Tony Morrison's The Bluest Eye. It'll be Huckleberry Finn. It'll be Slaughterhouse Five. It'll be Catcher in the Rye. All of which are unquestioned literary classics you know it might be it, it, it'll, it'll probably also be you know Judy Bloom. hello God it's me Margaret about a little girl coming to terms with puberty and you know little girls could probably use that because we all read those books the Judy Bloom all of us did the boys and the girls yes I mean, because and, the girls and, are reading, so, you know, and they're you know, always a little ahead of us. And so I, I wonder if 111 years ago, not challenging prohibition might be some sort of an indicia of what we're looking at now as various and sundry wild-eyed uh, circuit courts of appeal let stand bigoted bills against oppressed and marginalized minorities. 
I mean, I, 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 think, um, I, think, I, think it, I think it really is food for thought. Well, it's the last gas for all this stuff. Because they know, they know that this lab minority, they know that the world has changed in front of them. There's nothing they can do about it. I mean, well, if, the back if, of their mind, they have to know that. Uh, even even if some people on the right side of the issue don't know, it is a, it is it is a fact, and they've been caught on tape saying so. Once they've once they've gotten done with one mar- marginalized group, they're moving on to the next one. And in this world, it'll be. I mean, we've already had our our Islamophobic spasm. We'll have another one, but only after they can. Only after they've successfully suppressed all the queer people. Yeah, it, well, you know, it's a lost cause. It, it's, a, it's a yeah, lost cause. Urban versus rural. Um, you know, it's just. Uh, well, they well, they, 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 t- they talk they talk about this civil war shit. And 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 they can't go they can't go more than a couple of sentences into it without saying race war, and that kind of speaks to a note that I just got from Matt in San Francisco. Subject line: Civil War. Who exactly are these people going to war with, and why? I mean, really, what are they so butthurt about? I'm thinking it's just that well, old. They're butthurt because of the Browning. They're butthurt because of the Browning of America and the que- and and, and, and what they and what they perceive as and the, the queering and, and the queering. Yes. Right. And there's nothing they can do about it. And, and, you know, I, I just don't understand it. It's like, uh, it's nothing new. Like, you know, why are you all upset now? Like, you didn't know your cousin was gay or, you know, come on. Where the hell have you been? Well, but, but they, but they, they are, they are terrified though, because there are, there are multiple moving pieces of this tableau. Diorama, whatever. One of them is the fact that the the mainline churches are shitting themselves because young people aren't staying. As quick as they get, nope. as as quick as young people get to the point where mommy and daddy can't force them out of bed on Sunday morning to go and hear some redneck yell at them or some priest mumble at them, they quit going because they figure it out pretty quick. I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. Lots of us did. <laughs> that you're being, you know, you're getting up, you're getting up and throwing away a Sunday morning to go and have somebody lie to you. But uh, Matt continues and says, "Just fucking relax, Grandpa. Us LGBTQIA plus people aren't going anywhere, and really, you have to admit, we have a flair for making our surroundings more beautiful than they were when we arrived." And women and people with more melanin in their skin are just living their lives, being successful and contributing to society. So just sit down in the lazy boy and wax poetic about the good old days. The rest of us out here are just going to keep progressing and making things better. And while we're at it, we're being kinder while doing it. But don't get it confused. (laughs) Hold on. Don't get it confused. If you poke a drag queen, you're going to get the five-inch heel in your eye. Here, here. Move. Whoop them, Amanda. Whoop them. Uh, <laughs> but but, it, but it's, it's, it's true. Uh, they want a... 
there's a term out there called comp het. And there are even quizzes and the like. I've taken one. And what is it? It's called the short form is comp het, and it's a theory that says society relies on 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 compulsory heterosexuality. That uh. being straight is supposed to be some sort of default. And it's really taken a beating with the younger generations. And I'm kind of glad because what at least what I'm seeing in a lot of spaces is that you have young people who are a lot less interested in what kind of genitalia people have or what they may, may have been their gender may have been assumed to be at birth and they're much more personality driven am i attracted to this person as a person as opposed to am i attracted yeah. to this uh, can i be attracted to this person because wrong genitals and kids are uh, young uh, people young people are largely throwing a lot of young people are throwing that shit away I have to agree with you. All, all my all the young people that I'm friendly with, they they're the things that that we get up, up well, people our age get upset. We don't even think twice about it. It's not it's not. Oh, it's I've, like, I've, I've had some, not even a bump in the road. I've had some precious moments. Um, young folks who come up to me and say, you know, you being older and queer is a real inspiration, and I'm like. Uh, okay, thank you. And I don't explain just what a brutal word that is for me, or was. And, you know, the way that it was weaponized against me, along with the F word and, you know, a few others. Well, you know, when I was there. Well, age. you know, and, it's interesting, though. Uh, well, what do you say to people, you know, because, uh, like, it doesn't bother me. I don't, I mean, you know, it's strange, it's different to me because it's different. But when people say, well, it can't be natural because you can't procreate, how, how do you, how do you address that argument? Well, it's, that's a, it's a bullshit argument. The sole purpose mm -hmm. of, the, the sole purpose of life is not to create more life. I'm, and, and maybe it's just because I'm a little bit, a little bit of a, okay, a lot of a bitch. But, yeah, every now and then you'll run across one of these astronomers, Todd, who says, and I've been guilty of, I'm not an astronomer, but I've been guilty of saying this on the program, you know, of, of all the known universe, while we suspect there there is life in other parts of the galaxy, the universe, whatever, this is the only place that we absolutely know supports life. And then my inner... Kafka and my inner uh, Sart kick in and go, yeah, you know what else that means? It means this is the only this is the only planet that has death on it. Mm. I mean, every every coin, you know, both sides, right? Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, uh, uh, Flavio brings up something. Uh, and, and Annette and I have been watching this. There's a new Netflix docudrama. It's watchable. Uh, about Alexander the Great. And 
I have seen, and, and, and Flavio has seen the same thing I saw. Some people are butthurt about the Netflix series on Alexander the Great making him gay. He was. He had male lovers. That's a fact. Well, yeah, he also slept with and procreated with women, so I think he's probably bi. I mean, this is a royalty situation, and so you've got to, prop, you know, you got to propagate the species in that instance, or at least you're supposed to if you're going to do king stuff. But I saw one post that eight, eight, eight minutes into it, and they, and they make him a homosexual. Alexander the Great <clears throat> was great because he was not a homosexual. Dude's name was Hephaestion, okay? And they grew up together. And they sucked face together. They tongue-wrestled together. And had their hands all over each other together. Because they loved See, each other. See, that would other. be strange to me. Yeah. But, 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 the other, the, but the other side of it is, is that later in life, you know, they stayed dear, dear friends all through life. Um, and eventually, they marry um, sisters, daughters, uh, daughters. Uh, I think it was daughters of Darius the Third, the Persian emperor. Mm. And prior to that, Alexander had impregnated Darius's own wife, and not by rape. And she died in childbirth. Oh. Keep it in the family. Giving birth to the little boy that Darius could never make. And and you know who will get pissed off at you when you start talking about all of this? Modern hmm. modern modern day hyper Christian Greeks. They think it's a slur. But the fact of the matter is there was a cultural tradition in ancient Greece where an older man would take on an adolescent boy, show him the ropes. That's true. And it was accepted. Everybody know. knows that. I mean, Everybody the, knows that. The, 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 the Iliad and the love between Achilles and Patroclus? Oh, please. And so the reason, yeah. I, part of the reason I think we get the Okay, oh God, it's going to get complicated really fast. Uh, the Easter story, and today being Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday, when Roman Catholics around the world will make an ash of themselves. Sorry. Uh, couldn't resist. It is. Yeah. But uh, the Easter story includes the account of Jesus riding on the back of a donkey into Jerusalem, okay? And that account is there because there is a previous account in the Old Testament of someone else doing the same thing that kind of served as a, a marketing prompt for the fact that, yeah, this guy, he's the Messiah. He rode on a white donkey, see? And you get the same thing in the ancient classical world, too. Part of the reason that Alexander's relationship with Hephaestion was made such a big deal out of was it created a direct line between Achilles and Patroclus and Alexander and Hephaestion. 
In other words, Alexander mm-hmm. looked like the greatest of all the Greek heroes. And, of course, Patroclus mm-hmm. has to die first. So that means Hephaestion has to die first. Matt, I was, I was, Matt, I was waiting. I was waiting. How did they separate the men from the boys in ancient Greece? With a crowbar. Oh, it never gets old, <laughs> says Matt. And, you know, then there's there's what we are told from the historical sources about the mighty and powerful army of Sparta. Where the where where the where the Spartan phalanges were lovers, and when they bedded down for the night, they'd camp up and camp out, and one of them would be the little spoon, and the other one would be the big spoon. I mean, so and in 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 the time and you know when you consider the fact that in the times of Yeshua the brown skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life uh, Palestine was a mess and it was crawling with messiahs and crawling with people who were a lot more violent in fact uh, Matt mentioned a minute ago a drag queen giving a a, a bigot a a, a five inch stiletto heel in the face the Sicarii. And in fact, Sicarius, or Sicario, sorry, wrong vowel, Sicario is still a word in Spanish, I think, check me, Flavio, for an assassin. And that's because the Sicarii were part of a sect in ancient Palestine who would dress up like, and I have no idea what one would look like when you consider how filthy and dirty that place was, hot women. And they'd get close to a Roman soldier and gut him like a carp. It's 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 not. A, I couldn't tell the people from the goats. You said it, but you know. Well, I mean, it's dusty. I mean, a little bit of the oasis is where you're going to get your water, nice spring, and that's probably only the well. You know, they look, got there's only so. There's only so many things for an adolescent shepherd boy to do in the hills above, in the in the Golan Heights up there with the you know up there with the flock. I mean it's gross, but you know. And then there's uh, I mean you know there's there's the story of the new shepherd who came along and the older boys were sitting there talking about how they enjoyed and the new one goes out there to try to well you know and he comes back and the, the older shepherd boys are laughing at him he goes I knew it you lied to me you don't really do that mm-hmm. and the two older shepherd boys go no 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 you got an ugly one sorry hey. <laughs> The shepherd of the flock. Well, you know. you know, remember, ancient societies only make laws against things if they've if they've if they've already got a problem with them. And so, for instance, you know, the the the, the ancient nomadic desert dwelling wanderers, uh, their god told them that there should be a law that you don't fuck the sheep. 
Well, he only gave them that long because they already had a sheep fucking problem. Allegedly, no. allegedly, it's he called gave, venereal. Uh, well, no, that, that came over from here. Uh, but, but you know, the other the other part, uh, and you know, you don't come up with a lie or a law, rather. You don't come up with a law that says, thou shalt not dress as a woman unless you've already got a problem with people dressing as women. But again, I can't imagine what cross-dressing looked like in 1000 BCE because everything's just dirty. It's all sandy. Unless you're a house Republican it's all, yeah, right it's, now. Yeah, it's all sandy and gross and grit gets everywhere. And, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, let's not think about that. That's not. Well, well, that's interesting what you just said because uh, you know we have a whole section of our lawmakers that make laws against things that aren't even a problem. They just the problem is that they made a law against something that's not even happening. Yeah, and Flavio says pederasty yeah. was part of part and parcel of the patriarchy in ancient Greece. It absolutely was. I mean. Patriarchy, archi, you know, the archi part is archon, which means leaders, leader in Greek, and it's, you know, leader by, leadership by the father. Uh, and Flavio says, Sicarii, you mean like the Sicarii who killed Hamas people in a West Bank hospital by impersonating Arabs? Could be. Um, could uh, be yeah, and, and there, there, there we are, uh, Lou in PA, the sacred band of Thebes as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jealous knowledge. And and re- remember what those closest to Alexander were called. The companions. And they threw fits along the way. First, when he went to Egypt and put on some put on some pharaoh duds. And then they got really pissed when he gets to Babylon and starts letting them oil his locks in the Asian fashion. It was, yeah, that's that's basically, that's basically uh, 2,300-year-old Jerry Curl. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of radio, there's a lot of of radio shows out there, but I, I... I bet this is the only one hosted by a white woman that's talking about Jerry Curl. <laughs> you might be right. I don't you know. How, right. I, I don't know how I feel about that. You should feel special. <laughs> uh, a good, you know, good special. Uh, you, you know what? The other thing I heard you talking about. It was a term. I, it sounded to me like introspection, but it was a much longer term. And uh, maybe Matt, it was such a man off for somebody. It, it sounded like introspection, like to have to. I cannot remember exactly. I cannot recall exactly uh, the term that you guys you you know that was used. Um. But it sounded like engaging in introspection, and you know, it's just a good thing. That's all I can, you know, when I heard that. Because we're we're in for some tough times now. I just don't know. 
I guess I've said it a million times too many, but uh, <clears throat> we're, I, you know. Are you talking about? Are you talking know. about? Are you talking about a searching and fearless moral inventory? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a form of introspection to me. Oh, it's very introspective. Right. And and what tri- that triggered me because I had a, a discussion with a, a friend earlier today, um, who's actually you know practicing in, in social sciences. And um, so we're having, you know, we were having, we always talk and, you know, they run an agency and stuff like that. So, but we were talking about um, introspection today. And the person said, you know, that's a problem. You're right. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people like the the former president, you know, he said, I don't have to apologize. I've never done anything wrong. Ever, you know. In other words, he was talking about atonement in terms of religion. But you know, anybody ever says that, you stay away from them. That, that means that they're really bad off. They're really bad off, and that's that, that's all I can offer because it's you know, people running around. We're we're so close to losing everything. I mean, literally, this whole planet, and I heard you say this, it might have been last week, the whole reason we're in the Middle East right now is because of oil. Because otherwise, we would have, we would have divorced ourselves. And any, any, any sane group of people would say, you know what, you, you people just fight it out. Um, but we can't do that. This is, this is really an untenable situation. And it, it's going to pop somewhere, and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. And the whole so, the whole the whole point of what the sane people are trying to do in this country is to keep the thing that's going to pop from popping. And that's the and and again, I since I worry about Taiwan. I would like the maggots to shut the fuck up about the southern border because what if there isn't a southern border crisis? What if what if it's all just made up? Uh, I, I have a, I, I object to the ongoing genocide. I just got an article across my feed, Todd, and it gave me the horrors. And it's not exactly like it's from some. Uh, wild-eyed liberal website. It's from The Economist. Mm, damn. And I, I, and I can't I can't read it because it's uh, behind a paywall. There's a lot. Yeah. But the headline reads, and if it, maybe I'm overreacting. Tell me if this is chilling to you. They have chased the, 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 the survivors in Gaza who have managed to, well, you know, survive into a little place pressed right up against the Egyptian border called Rafa. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a little place. It's a city. And Bibi Netanyahu is uh, practically has blood dripping from his fangs. And, of course, so does Beelzebub Smotrich and what's his butt Ben Gavir, those nasty little neo-Nazis 
in his cabinet. But the headline mm-hmm. the headline reads, "If Israel invades, hell looms in Rafah." Bibi Netanyahu wants to attack now. His generals don't. Mm. Chilling? No, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I just I'm just shaking my head because this is what he's wanted all along. I mean, he, I mean, anytime you tell a group to move, keep moving, and then you bomb where you tell them to go to. And remember, it, it, you know, attrition is, is, is one, one term, but it means a lot. Cause there's attrition going on left and right from the wounded, the dying, the starving, the, the dying of thirst all along the way. Cause they say, well, you have to leave. And it's like, well, what do you do? What do you do if you're in a hospital? Have you ever been in a hospital overnight or for a day or two where, you know, you're just, you're totally dependent on someone else. You have to call. You may not be a guy at the bed. You have to pee. I know a little bit about that. Unless you have a cat. Well, you, you sure you do. That's right. So imagine imagine you're just trying to recover. and Because, you know, when you're like that laid up in the room, you have a lot of time to, once again, reflect. I mean, there's not much else to do. How much TV can you watch? You know, it's like, damn, I'm dependent. I'm laying up in this room. And then the hospital starts to get bombed. And it shakes and the walls are coming down. These people are never going to get over that trauma. That's just one part of it. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, there is one way to get over that trauma. <laughs> to get dead. What? You know, when the bomb that hits the hospital hits you. Or maybe it hits below and you just plummet to your death as the hospital pancakes upon itself. I <sighs> Well, and see, you not, I don't know, I guess maybe people aren't keeping up with this, but what you're saying about Rafa, yeah. And, and so now it's like shooting fish in a barrel, but this is what he's wanted all along. He's licking his chops. Well, I mean, fish aren't human, so it is like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, I don't, I, I still don't, I don't, because it's been so poorly covered here, I don't think people understand the depth of the perversion and the evil and the wickedness of, of that Beelzebub Smotrich and what's his fuck Ben Gavir. They don't. It doesn't get covered. These are, these, these are genuine monsters. But we're going to send Israel some more money, but most importantly, we're going to send money. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to send, hopefully if the bill can get through the house and that's no guarantee we will provide aid to Ukraine. And that's what matters. That's how we stay out oh, of World War Three. That's what I and, and it's a mess because even us talking about this, you got people it's so we're so we're so misinformed. But but the good news is that the good news is that mostly everyone is is seeing through this this thin veneer that they that the nation state has put up. Because they've been killing journalists. I mean, this is just a fact now. And and you don't have to believe us, but when when you see just do your little research, other whoever's listening, when you see that that uh, IDF people have been defect, have been you know saying I've had enough of this because I I see what you're up to and I just can't be a party to. That's the, that's 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 all. That's really the icing on the cake. I mean, it, it's disgusting. Um, 
It's just absolutely disgusting. So I, 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 I did I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, it's no, just, no. It's yeah. just no, that is like right in front of us. We have to watch this, and and, and, and oh, I know what I was going to say. They, they, it's not, it's not being like you won't hear any of that on on MSNBC. They never talk about the beer and what they're, you know, and they are, they are that evil. They really are. And it's like, oh, you can't talk about them like that. Well, no, they, it is what it is. You know, if Leroy is a burglar and a thief and a rapist, that's what Leroy is. It is what it is. Yeah, and you know what? I can talk. I I can talk shit on Heinrich Himmler. And 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 I can I can uh, I can talk shit on Heydrich, who was the architect of the Final Solution. Well, in mm-hmm. in, in what's his fuck Ben Gavir and Beelzebub Smotrich. You've got Heydrichs, Heydrichs, okay? That's yeah. they they actively talk about wanting to not have any Palestinians inside Greater Israel. They're using terms like Greater Israel. They 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 want further expansion. You know, they want remember remember they want Greater Germany. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. It, it really is amazing. Um, it, 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 but see, they started exhibiting that behavior, um, you know, when they started to, to ghettofy the, the people in Gaza. There's one big ghetto, just like what happened in, in, in Poland and Nazi Germany. That's the first step. You get everybody together, then they're in a concentrated mass, and then you can control them because then everybody gets tagged, identified. You can take out the women. There's a lot you can do once you get everyone well, together. Do you remember? Not to me- mention. Hmm? I, I want to continue on that vein, but uh, since we've entered the third hour of the program, I, I want to say thank you to Colin. Thank you, Colin. Uh, we are down to forty dollars to go on uh, on cats. Grandpa Joe is slow, but Donald <laughs> Trump is nuts. Challenge. And so forty more dollars with that, and then we had if we could do seventy one dollars. So third, if we could do third, so what I'm saying is we can avoid a four digit fundraising hole if we finish Cat's challenge and do thirty one dollars more. So thanks in advance. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Ralphs, for jumping in on the challenge. Thank you so very very much. So job one is forty bucks. That's good job news. Two is thirty-one bucks, uh, or more. I mean, or more, uh, if anybody wants to help. But uh, where where was I? Where was I going with this? Uh, oh yeah, I know, I know. Do you remember? You remember Pastor John Hagee, Todd? Remember Starve? Remember him? Oh, how can I forget Hagee? Oh yes. Oh yes. Well. He uh, he's a pervert. He he he, he, pi- he pissed off a lot of people some years ago. Now you, you'll you'll remember he founded an organization called Queefy Citizen mm-hmm. Citizens United for Israel. Mm-hmm. But he also said that God uh, God ordained Adolf Hitler as his hunter. And that Hitler 
drove the Jews back to Israel so that Israel could be born and Jesus could come back. And oh, that, you mean he's a dominion? Who's the, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's a psycho-millennialist, etc., but the idea the idea there was that you know Israel exists because God inspired Hitler to cause the Jews to all want to be in one place. I mean, God, the Jews. So any anytime you start, anytime you, you're going to wind, you're going to wind up in, in in linguistic trouble. But I mean, that's what he said. And now, uh, and, and and now you've got Israel doing the same thing, trying to push a million Palestinians into one little knot. It's ironic as hell, isn't it? Yeah, it is. See, this—that's what I was trying to hint at. Our first conversation after October seventh, our very first one, when I didn't even know it was the day after you. Started, you had talked about Nakba, and I didn't. I hadn't heard the show. And you were. I, I asked you if you talked about. It, I said yes, I, and he, he told me go ahead. You know, keep talking, and I did. And as we were talking, it, I just made that connection. And then after weeks after that, here comes Masha Guest, who writes or used to write for the Atlantic, and he got blackballed for saying exactly what I was saying. In that. You know, I don't know what made me put it together, but it's like, you know, there's, there's a collective misery by these folks that, that they got abused and now they're abusing, you know, because sometimes the abused becomes the abuser. Yes. And that's exactly how they're behaving. And they don't even see it. The whole world's telling them, hey, we know you're upset, but, you know, you did what you, you can't do what you said you want to do. Just be, they should just be honest and say, we want to kill every Palestinian we see because we're mad. They should just say it out out loud again. Well, in, in, in the ca- in the case of those two neo Nazis in in the cabinet, it's not it's not future tense. It's not should or have to. They've been saying. You're right. It. You're right. They did. You're right. You're right. What? It, it, see, uh, you know. <sighs> It's it's becoming very difficult, but, and I think Biden has been, you know, I'm so thankful that we have a wise leader right now, someone who's been around, because he, I I wish, I mean, I can't imagine what's on his plate, the schedule he has to keep, but he has been, with the Middle East thing, he's, I mean, Israel is our ally, so we have to, you know, we have to play it close, and they most likely have nuclear weapons, and, um, you know, so it's a messy situation, but uh, we have to draw the line. I don't know how. To, why do they need our help anymore? That's what I'm not understanding. No, I haven't understood because that for years, have, <laughs> decades. I'm, I mean, I'm not being funny. Like literally, they they have people will fund them, and they have their own ways of getting munitions. Okay. It's quiet, so nobody knows, right? Right. But there ain't no hope. Okay. Well, all right then. Let me. Let me. I would like. I would like to ask you another question then, because this this has been on my mind. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's like you know, come on. This just it really once again. It, 
obviously we're being drugged down into the war, and that's that's what we we're already in this war. We're in the proxy wars, and and that being said, have you noticed how Jehoshaphat is finally connecting the dots? They're finally catching up. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm kind of proud of him. Like I said, the way that Annie, uh, the way that Annie Sullivan was proud of Helen Keller. <laughs> it, yeah, because uh, with, with uh, I don't know, with with Mike, Muller Mike, and, and some of the other folks, like Jehoshaphat, because of his stature and station and everything else like that, he can't come out right and say, you know, they're getting paid off by Putin or Russia. But he's like, I, I just don't understand it. Well, you know, everything they do, it, it benefits Russia. I'm like, yeah, duh. You know, it's happened before. We, we've been compromised. And I'm thinking this is old school. I think he has compromise on everybody, all these folks. Because, remember, they, they, he had Clinton's emails. They have all our stuff. And we have their stuff. You know, I guess we have a lot of stuff. We have a lot. But we don't know what, what Trump has given up on us. That's the fucking problem. And he's still out here. Yeah. Oh, and thank you, Christopher. Christopher just jumped in and said, uh, I always love the ancient world history discussions. Thank you, Christopher. So we've got $30 to go on Kat's challenge. Grandpa Joe is old, but Donald Trump is fucking nuts. Challenge. 30 bucks to go on that, and then $31 more, and we won't have a four-digit fundraising goal tomorrow. So that's kind of a big deal, and well, I, can pay, I can pay part of a bill. That is a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, that's a big deal. I don't, I don't know. I, you know what, Robin? Uh, it'll be spring soon. It's coming. Yeah. yeah, we got our little tease a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're of course we're back to being cold again, but it's kind of just cold and wet, you know. But I, yeah, I think I think yeah, I we, think we will have an early spring, but that also means it may at least where I am, that also means it may may fucking snow six inches on Mother's Day. That was a that was a gratuitous f bomb. We never know. It's that heavy, that heavy, wet spring snow. Don't don't. You know, you never know. Well, as always, you are you know you're doing a great job. Well, thank and, you, Todd. Um, yeah, I'm, and I'm no I'm no critic, so I don't know what that means, but. I don't want to overstep my bounds here. Oh, you're, no, you're fine. But, you're uh, fine. You can. I don't. I don't think you ever have overstepped your bounds. No, I hope not. Um. And um. I don't know. We just have to uh, keep our heads up, and, and, and I'm I'm just kind of concerned. Um. Uh, you know, it seems to me that 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 report that. The special counsel, special, I don't forget his guy's title, her special wizard. Which? I don't know. I know, I'm jumping around. Um, and there was a report issued um, about Joe Biden's um, 
dealings and if he if he had done anything um, untoward and so there was a special investigator his name was her H E R. oh yeah oh, oh yeah 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 her, the hersler the her and and you know um it, it was, you know, you you yeah. a legal person, yeah. But but why? Like like, aren't you just supposed to stick to the facts? You're not supposed to have any commentary because if, if you're in court, and that calls speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's not his job. I don't know if he has like people are saying on the you know the, the pundits, you know the. I know I say a lot of things, but I do have a degree in psychology and sociology, so I kind of get away with it. But, uh, you know, it, it, if you're not supposed to be saying stuff in that sphere like that, because he can, he can get sued for libel, all kinds of shit. You're not supposed to do that. That's, that's, that's not, I don't understand it. This is why when, when people say, like us, that, you know, these, these institutions, it's just the opposite of what the maggots think it is. There's no deep state. These people are inherently conservative. The FBI, the deep, all these people. It's not that, you know, I don't know where it is. I don't know how far, how we've gotten this far off base. I just don't understand. Oh, I, I, think, I, 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 think, you're, I think you're right. And by the way, uh, Brother Deacon Asa pointed out something uh, regarding the border crisis. This, mm-hmm. is, this, is, a, this is a good little factoid. A little something you don't hear about the crisis at the Mexican border until you actually listen to Mexican media. The Mexican government is taking Uncle Sam to court for not doing a damn thing about the free flow of military-grade <laughs> rifles going from the U.S. across to Mexico. Mexico. And that's absolutely true. They are suing us, and I hope I hope they win. Because that's a border... Yeah. These, these maggots bark and grunt and moan and hoot and yowl and screech about... Migrants and fentanyl coming across the southern border. But they never say anything about the goddamn river of the, the Amazon of guns. You know, the, the, the Mississippi River of guns that's flowing from the United States into Mexico. That, that, it, it's working like it's supposed to work. That's the system. Yeah, it's not a flaw, it's a feature. It's a feature. Oh, say hi to your neighbor. I'm Clarence. not trying to be yeah. flippant. Say hi to your uh, your neighbor, Clarence. Hey, Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> uh, subject line: Israel. Let's don't mince words. Israel's the 51st state, tongue in cheek. Mm. I mean, yep. we do more for Israel than we do for the place that could arguably be the first state, 51st state. You know, Puerto Rico or Guam. Mm. Or DC, Stop. or the Marianas. Uh, what we yeah. what we send to those three states, uh, or those three territories, and DC, it probably doesn't even begin to approach what we send to Israel. I don't know, but I, I bet. It, 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 well, it must be more to it because I. Oh, and by the way, you uh, you might find ready. this interesting. Um, I mentioned the uh, economist story being behind a paywall. Flavio sent the article along. The, date, oh. the dateline is Jerusalem. If in, if Israel invades, hell hell looms in uh, in Rafa. Like I said, the dateline is Jerusalem. The dateline is today. 
Attacking Rafa, uh, Flavio kindly highlighted some passages for us. Attacking Rafa would squeeze Hamas further, and yet the toll could be huge. The generals know that there may be no effective way of moving civilians out of harm's way. In the previous stages of the war, Israel urged residents of Gaza City and Khan Yunus to move south, away from the war zone. Now it would have to get those who had fled to Rafa to move again, this time to the shrinking safe areas, makeshift tent cities on the coast. Neighboring Egypt is desperate to avoid the war spilling into its territory. It is refusing to allow many refugees to leave Gaza and has warned Israel a war in the border area could have dire consequences. Egyptian officials have threatened to suspend a peace treaty signed with Israel in 1979 if desperate Palestinians surge into Egypt, according to the Wall Street Journal. You know, that bastion of liberalism. The prospect of high civilian casualties has Israel's allies anxious. On October 12th, President Joe Biden said that a major military operation in Rafah should not proceed without a credible plan for ensuring the safety and support of more than a million people sheltering there. David Cameron, Britain's foreign secretary, also called for restraint. This is impossible to see how you can fight a war amongst these people in Rafah. There's nowhere for them to go. In all, nearly 29,000 people have been killed in the Gaza Strip since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. Mr. Netanyahu's popularity continues to plummet in the polls with his rival in the war cabinet, Benny Gantz, outstripping him both in personal ratings and voting intentions. If elections were held now, Mr. Gantz's centrist National Unity Party would receive more than twice the votes of Mr. Netanyahu's Likud. While Mr. Netanyahu's predicament gives him an incentive to gamble on redemption by escalating in Rafa, the generals and the pragmatic wing of the war cabinet, led by Mr. Gantz, prefer to pursue a deal to free more hostages. For them, Rafa can come later. Whether such a deal might happen depends on the talks in Cairo and on Hamas. Israel has flatly rejected its demands for a full ceasefire and permanent withdrawal of Israeli troops in Gaza before any exchange of hostages for Palestinian prisoners. But the return of Israeli officials to Cairo on February 13th for further negotiations reflects the Israeli assessment that Hamas's demand is just an opening gambit and that a deal can be reached on a temporary truce. Israeli officials believe that Hamas's need to regroup and provide the population with some desperately needed respite before the holy month of Ramadan, which is expected to start on March 10th, could force it to show more flexibility on hostage negotiations. To avoid hell in Rafa, one side needs to blink first. How are Palestinians supposed to blink, Todd? Their eyes have been blown out. They don't have, what are they, uh, you know, this is just not, uh, it's, it's not, uh, more Americans, I think, need to get away from our, our main news sources and look at BBC or Al Jazeera or um, some of the, or TikTok, not, maybe not TikTok. No, not never TikTok, yeah, never there. TikTok. There is no news on TikTok. No, not, no. And I, I really, yeah, social media and news, no, but I only mean that from clips that are, Coming from people's phones, you know, um, right. brilliant clips. That's kind of what I was driving at. Um, yeah, I, and this this is not. I think as we speak, I think I think Netanyahu is about to launch an offensive. He's a little too happy. He's got that gleam in his eye. Like, oh, it's going to be it. I mean, you know, if they get down, if they can get it down to about a thousand Palestinians, this manageable. So they can eradicate. You know. Yeah, that, that'd be enough. Maybe they'll stop at that point. But I mean, 
where are these people supposed to go? No, I mean, it, it, this, this, none, none of this makes any sense. It's, it's a wasteland. It's, it's depleted uranium now. It's, it's all contaminated. Uh, you know, they they just don't they don't want those folks around. And you know, I don't I don't know. They, they're going to be dead anyway because they, they can't keep living around with all that dust, all that and and, and dead bodies and pestilence and cholera, everything else. Well, plague, 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 and famine are the handmaiden of a genocide, and people aren't being cagey about it anymore. There's nobody who doesn't say that famine and disease are not coming for Gaza. And I, oh, it's there. And I beheld a pale horse, and, his, and I beheld a pale horse, and his name was Death, and Hell rode with him. <clears throat> sometimes I'm glad. Thank I God we live here. Yeah, sometimes. It, well, I mean, yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still, yeah. not, I'm still not certain what my status is in this state that I love. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, this this hate, it, it's gonna. You know what though? I think the good part is that all the stuff is coming to a head pretty soon because there's it's like a fire. Once all the oxygen is gone, the fire has to go out. There's nothing left to consume, and all this all this this malefactor and this these bad actors and eh, it it can't last that much longer. It's just it's too toxic. It's just too toxic. Because, you know, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, the, the, uh, here here in the Mountain State, the book ban is advancing, and the Women's Bill of Rights, which is nothing but, you know, a a bigoted anti-trans bill. They tried to put lipstick on a pig by including uh, the, uh, finally, after God knows how how many years... Uh, they included uh, getting rid of the spousal rape exception. It, ha- it is at this time still a matter of law in this state that a husband cannot be charged for raping his wife because that is his masculine God-given right. Uh-oh, don't tell Trump. He'll be moving to West Virginia in a heartbeat. Oh, that's okay. There's lots of states that are like that. Sometimes, sometimes this program needs to be six hours instead of three because there's so much. There's so damn much. There's so much. Uh, you know, you said something. So, with, with these laws that you're talking about, I mean, we've moved backwards. And like, in other words, what I'm and, and you're talking about, I think you know what the reason I'm stuttering because to hear it out loud, I know what's happening. I watch news. I, I mean, I read. I don't remember when I was growing up in my formative years any any talk, any kind of book banning. In fact, people were trying to get you to read more books 
Wow, that's do you remember that's, any book yeah, candy? That, that's before that, that. That's before all the books was queer. Because they're all queer now. But like I said, you know they'll 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 go they'll they'll go with Huckleberry Finn. Uh, they'll go with con- you know why the you know why they will go with uh, uh, they'll go after Slaughterhouse Five because it, oh. it because it uses some words that children have long since heard their mommies and daddies use and because and because Billy Pilgrim when he is on Tralfamador and living in a living in a space in what is basically a zoo that they have furnished by coming to Earth and stealing an entire home section from Sears and Roebuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they also they also capture a an American porn actress by the name of Montana Wildhack. And that I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, and they and 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 Billy Pilgrim and her shack up. Oh wait, that's when he loses his virginity. Uh no, I don't think he. No, no. well, not no. I, you know, inside is inside a chronosynclastic infundibulum. First is kind of a fluid term, and the fluidity also Real bothers cool. them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. As to her, the special prosecutor, Darlene in Connecticut says, I keep hearing that her states in his report that there's a shortage of evidence that Biden willfully retained classified documents or something like that. Okay, so he borrowed that newspeaky kind of language from George Orwell and more recently from the Mueller report that hints at certain things and leaves you utterly unsatisfied. But her's veracity is utterly suspect in my book. He just seems smarmy. Regardless, if there was no evidence her could find, then why would he even need to comment on how Biden would come across in front of a jury? Sounds like her was having That's the point. Yeah, her was having his own little fantasy going on, POS. And 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 he is a POS. That was a that was a hit piece. No doubt about it. We- and by, yeah. the, and by the way, we have, and by the way, breaking news out of Washington. They find hmm. the maggots finally learned to count, and so the House <laughs> has impeached for the first time in 150 years a, oh, a sitting cabinet secretary. That's it. Why did you have to bring that up? These people, they wasted. Look, look at look at what they're wasting their time. You know what? Well, and it, um, it, 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 is a, it is it is a waste of time, Todd. Get this: it's an impeachment resolution. But and I think they're just making it up as they go along. It's a non-binding resolution. The Senate doesn't even have to take it up. It doesn't mean any. Oh shit. In a non-binding, but so they stayed up all they they. What time is it? So they're in there eat, eating a pizza. Oh, Jesus. You know, they, 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 these people are they, they've they've lost their way. They started the a vote, non-binding the, resolution. Yeah, they started the vote fifteen minutes ago. 
and uh, they didn't know if they had the votes, and Mullah Moses Mike Johnson was ready to pull the plug on it. But then they figured out that uh, they might be able to get the votes just because of the, nor- the, the nor'easter snowstorm today. All right. So, look, what what are they for? Because all I see is, is them jumping up and down. All they do is complain about shit. What, what are they doing to help people? And that is a rhetorical question, but I mean, this is, this is just nonsense. First of all, this, 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 this whole border thing, um, you know, when, when you do the research on it, frankly, it's, it's turning out exactly as the Republicans wanted it to. And because I, they don't I, have the abortion issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, 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 God knows they're running away from that. I misreported they have begun the impeachment vote. It is not accomplished. Okay. And I'm running over to C-SPAN right now to see what we've got going on. Yeah, but it's not going to pass through the Senate anyway. Okay, so wait. Okay, so now they're saying that over at C-SPAN it says uh, (laughs) House votes again on Secretary Mayorkas impeachment passing 214 to 213. Oh, boy. Two fourteen and two thirty. That's the final vote? Yeah. Uh, Somebody's talking. Okay. Somebody's speaking. Let's check in real quick. Community safe. On Thursday, February 8th, a violent criminal opened fire during a traffic stop. He put Blunt County Deputy Shelby Eggers in the hospital. Oh, that's that idiot Burchett from Knoxville uh, talking about, I don't know, probably some cop who got shot by an immigrant. How dumb. Well, all right, so, this, oh, okay. Now, Mayorkas is only doing his job as, as delineated by the law. They won't provide, the Republicans will not provide the money to do the job properly, yet they complain about the job that's being done. Yeah, oh, I, I right. get it. Yeah, and, well, yeah, Steve in New York just nailed it. Non-binding. Imagine if a grand jury issued a non-binding true bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is an indictment, but it's a non-binding indictment. That, that sounds like something Comer would make up. Right? There's smoke there, but I'll let you know when you get to the fire. I don't know, I can't see. Oh, boy. <laughs> you went there. <laughs> These people, I just, I just come on! This, this, they're a joke. They are such a damn joke. Oh, and I don't know if you and, realize this, but being Titanic Tuesday, uh, we have a conniption. Wait a minute, Kim in New York. I apologize, but it's contextual. I have to mention it because this is so Titanically fucking stupid. 
it would be Titanic Tuesday malpractice not to bring it up. We have another Megyn Kelly sighting. Because Megyn Kelly got all butt hurt about the performance of Lift Every Voice and Sing at the game. We'll call it the game so I don't have to say the other two words. Uh, she went on social media, and remember, this is the Jesus' is white lady. This is the Santa Claus's white lady. This is the blackface is cool lady. This is the, uh, the uh, we need to raise the Confederate flag and not lower it lady. And so she said, the so-called black national anthem does not belong at the game. We already have a national anthem, and it includes everyone. Yes, it does, Megan, and it's in the third verse where part of the everyone gets fucking murdered for being black and not wanting to be enslaved. Oh, you are a clever one, Megan Kelly. And she got she got fried. She got roasted. Did she get beat down on media? Oh, she yeah, she got owned. She got pooned. Uh, one person said, "Huh." Flags, on the other hand, uh, and that was uh, One People's Project Executive Director, Daryl Lamont Jenkins, and he posted a screenshot of her 2015 article called The Confederate Flag Needs to be Raised, Not Lowered. And then there's just, there's John Pavlovitz who said, it's, a go it's good you're too stupid to hide your racism. And a former congressional candidate named Christopher Hale said, It's remarkable that there's right-wing backlash to the Black National Anthem. The entire song is about honoring God. Lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadowed beneath thy hand, may we forever stand true to our God, true to our native land. And another individual pointed out, This song was first performed to honor President Lincoln whom the maggots claim to be the party of. Why does it bother her? Oh, oh, you can't, that's too much logic. Because that, that's like the Republican, when they say, well, you should be a Republican because Lincoln was a Republican. Yeah, but that that is now just, I think, now that you're, you've uh, peaked, maybe, I could be totally wrong, but it, I think that was the famous Jubilee Singers. Lift every voice. And they were spreading the good, Good message of everybody should be getting along and this and that. Can't have um, that. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That, I mean, a lot of people are still moved by that whole story because, you know, they were ambassadors for, like, you know, educated, well-dressed, and well-meaning black folk um, just after Reconstruction. Um. I, you know, it's just so sad we're moving backwards, and and we're. Oh, but this is this is why I say it's coming to a head because you know, there's a reason. Look at look at the reason we we are where we are. One of the reasons is that people feel desperate, and when people feel desperate, just like uh, this is a lot like Germany in between the wars, right? Because they, Germany was asked to do a whole lot that was just really, you know, that was that was too much to ask of Germany. And people were butthurt and they were poor and then they were looking for a savior. And 
that's what we have now, man. And because it, it goes beyond race and ethnicity and such. Because people are feeling left out. You know, the rust belt is just people have been feeling left out. And here comes this buffoon who, you know, can, people can identify with because he's average. He's super average. And, you know, and, and we've been dumbing down people for 50 years or, or so. So they're doing the best they can. And, and here we are now. So fucked up. I mean, we took out, you know, how much shit we could have accomplished by now. And we're wasting time being like troglodytes. Oh, yeah. It feels it. It feels sometimes like it's by design, Todd. Look at look at the money we will put into this presidential election. <laughs> well, I know I I, I I do this every four years. It's going to be well over a billion dollars. <laughs> and of course, it's 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 logically fallacious to say wonder what those billions what that more than a billion dollars could have done if it wasn't being funneled into media organizations that despise uh, liberals, progressives, Democrats, whatever, but it's a, nece- it, you know, it's a necessary evil. But you can't help thinking about it. Just can't. I don't think about that, but that's why I laugh so loud out loud. That, that, that's, that's really sad. It, for the IQ test. Yes, the American, the United States quadrennial one-question IQ test. Thanks. I don't. What else do you need to see? I need to stop. <laughs> well, is it? Do you remember when? Uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Van Jones. God, this is a long time ago. But do you remember when he was it? Was it the? Was it the? 2016 election with Nitwit Nero, where he said that the turnout by aggrieved uh, trolls to vote for Trump was a matter of what did he call it? Did, did he call it blacklash or white lash? I forget. White lash. Yeah, white. No, lash. wait. White lash. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Just, it, it was just. It was just a fierce, um, grievance-driven, racism-driven spasm, and the spasm's been going on for eight years now. Because apparently, it's a good dollar to keep the uh, to keep Emory and Marveline all riled up, but it, it got it got me to thinking. With these other bills we were talking about, you know, Alabama and West Virginia are both. You were you were talking. You were so astonished at the idea of banning books. Oh no, Alabama and West Virginia, among others, are talking about putting librarians in jail. Damn. If, if, if you're talking about putting a librarian in jail, something's wrong with your system. Right, but and, and so that leads me to coin another term: straight lash. Yeah, okay, yeah, and Ralph's uh, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Van Jones Research Committee says this was a white lash. Van Jones' take on the election results. Mm hmm. And it was. He was right. He got excoriated, but he was right. Yeah, it was November 9th of 2016. Thank you, Ralph's. Uh, but 
you know, all these bills, whether it's potties or books or whether one can publicly exist, these are all, this is all just straight lash. Because now, it, now you know Nazi Germany went through this too. Yes, yes, they did. It's, it's just lining up too much. It's, this is getting to be a little strange. Yeah, well, yeah, for some of us a lot terrifying. Well, yeah, you know, um, it, it's going to pop. I mean, the, the fever will be over soon, but the in between is going to be low dice. Because, uh, you know, it may end up being, you know, for the presidential contest, it may end up being Gavin Newsom and, and um, Nikki. And, um, and maybe that'll quell the, the violence. Because I, I don't know what, what this Eileen Cannon woman is doing. And, well, and, for one, she, know, for she, one she's thumbing her, she is thumbing her nose at the judiciary. And at the Constitution itself. It's disgusting. Uh, looking for the story here. She, she's not she's not gonna go down well in history for for her nonsense. Her, her she's looking silly now. She's looking silly. Um well, she's you know, she just looks she just looks corrupt, plain and simple. Plain and simple, but that, yeah, but that's 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 the that's the new that's the new um whatever that's the new Tommy Hilfiger that's the new fashion be corrupt. You know, is this how these people are operating? But I don't I don't think the Supreme Court is going to is going to take that case. I think in, in terms of the uh, immunity. I don't think they're going to take that. They, they don't want to. They, they're in deep enough. They don't want to take that. Well, his mm-hmm. the, the immunity the immunity claim may die a horrible death. I mean, horrible if you're Trump. Mm-hmm. That that's what I think. I think they're just going to. The lower court did such a nice job. I think they're going to leave it leave it alone because. Now that we know that the Supreme Court is corrupt, they already they already figured out we're going to give him this one. They gave him the first. That was obvious. He he got you know he's going to be on the ballot. So we're going to give him. And, and Kavanaugh basically said it out loud. You know, so he's he's on board with no. You can't have blanket immunity. That's ridiculous. Uh, so I think, believe this, this. That's a whole other show. That's another program. That, it's crazy. Uh, well, look, uh, I'm, I'm glad that that uh, big money's coming in. Uh, I mean, resources are coming in to cover necessities. Uh, well, we, 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 st- we still got we've still got thirty bucks to go to meet Cat's challenge, and okay. uh, and then another thirty one to not be at a thousand bucks tomorrow. So. Hopefully that can happen in the next seventeen minutes. I think it will. I think it will. And I want to shout out to Clarence, and I want to say, Clarence, thank you, just because. And Tracy, if you're listening, 
and uh, of course all all the Steves and um, and everybody else, and even people who hate my gut. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, well, Robin, I guess I'll see you in Jerusalem. Yeah, I think I'll take a hard pass on that. No, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, do you have Prime? Let me, before, before we oh, depart, sure. yeah, do you yeah. have Prime? Oh, do I have Prime? Yeah, I do. Well, you know what's interesting? Um, what's going on in the Middle East? Uh, we just started watching this show. It's a Prime show. You know, a prime originated. It's called The Last Post. And, like, the bait, it's about a, it's about the last mid 60s, early mid 60s, a British posting, uh, basically to guard the oil fields in Aden. And Aden is right at, at the mouth of, of the, the minor gulf before you get to the major gulf of where this com, you know, where the Houthis are, are bombing, are, are bombing ships and um and it's beautiful it's like it's, it's like oh my god how timely is this so this has been this has been going on they were dealing with terrorists then. it's, it's kind of, his, of a historical documentary so they're they were guarding the bp i mean and bp is is they don't make any bones about it. this is a bbc production and uh so i just thought that was interesting because i know you like history uh so and, you know it's just this oil, you know, all about oil, all the time. It's really something. Uh, it is a night. Um, it is a nightmare of our own making. Yeah, and and um, thanks, you know, thanks for letting me babble, and um, thanks for bearing with me. I will. I, I'll let you know if you ever babble. You have yet to do that over the years. Well, I appreciate that, and I will relinquish my tower. Hit. All right, Todd, you have a good evening. I'll see you. All right, bye. Our buddy Todd calling from South Carolina, Stan. Hey, thank you, George and Course Gold. We are now done with Cat's Challenge. And if we can scare up $31 more in the next 14 minutes, we won't be at $1,000 for tomorrow. And Clarence says thanks for the shout-out. I just got back from urgent care. After all the booster shots, I have COVID-19, five days quarantine. Oh, Clarence, I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully hopefully they got you on the uh, antiviral. And may you have a mild, mild case. Uh, Emilio asks, who the hell is going to be It's going to hate Todd? The only beef I have with Todd is that he doesn't join us on Fridays. Oh, Emilio, he's been to Friday on the front porch a couple of times, but I, maybe 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 Todd is doing something more fun than hanging out on the front porch on Friday, although I can't imagine what that would be. Um, Aiden, Lou and PA reminds us, uh, Aiden was a primary coaling station for the British Empire vis-a-vis -vis the Suez Canal. And of course, the gulf thereof. God, there's so. 
there's so so much uh there's stupid there's titanic there's titanic right wing stupidity out there there's serious stuff out there um today old balls and strikes John Roberts the chief justice responded to Nit, Nitwit Nero's demand that the Supreme Court step in and halt on an emergency basis the immunity question until the sun burns out. Um, because the D.C. Circuit was so brutal on him. Nitwit Nero's filing today said, President Trump's claim that presidents have absolute immunity from criminal prosecution for their official acts presents a novel, complex, and momentous question that warrants careful consideration on appeal. Yeah, as if the consideration was not going to be careful in the first place. On the other hand, however, today, Old Balls and Strikes gave Jack Smith a week to file with the court and explain uh, his position on presidential immunity and why Nitwit Nero should not have it. So uh, that has to be filed by February 20th. So it looks like old balls and strikes, regardless of what, regardless of whatever conclusion they reach, they're going to reach it in a hurry. It's curious, however, that Lisa Rubin over on the website formerly known as Twitter, uh, Lisa Rubin being an MSNBC legal analyst, noted that. Uh, the stay request that Nitwit Nero made has already been addressed at the Supreme Court level. And not only was it addressed, it was torn into a million tiny pieces and thrown into the Mariana Trench. So writing there, Lisa Rubin said, one of the most offensive aspects of Trump's state petition is his insistence that the dearth of any prosecutions of a former president over 234 years of American history implies that the power does not exist. But the recent argument on Trump's disqualification from the Colorado primary ballot, one of the justices did not seem all that keen on such arguments. And so, lo and behold, uh, uh, Beer Boof and Brat made mouth noises like he was in agreement with that position. But as Lisa Rubin points out, one of his colleagues wasn't buying. He said, I don't know how much we can infer from the fact that we haven't seen anything like this before and therefore conclude that we're never, we're not going to see something like this in the future. And went on and said, more than a hundred years elapsed between the impeachments of Presidents Johnson and Clinton, but in but in for, fairly short order over the last couple of decades, we've had three. 
And she said the implication was simple. The failure to exercise an option doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And to put a Paul Harvey, and now you know the rest of the story on it. Lisa Rubin wrote, the guy making that argument? None other than the guy usually obsessed with our nation's history and traditions. And she said it was Sammy Badbreath Alito. Stephen New York pointing out, if the Supreme Court doesn't take that case, imagine what Trump will say. The grievance will be delicious, and you will be able to hear the maggot shrieking all the way to Leon Scum's beach house on, on Mars. And then, you know, this is February. It's Black History Month. And so it was that a maggot, uh, a maggot member of the Kentucky Stan House of Representatives, one Representative Jennifer Decker, who is from Wadi, that's W-A-D-D-Y, has been a relentless culture warrior against critical race theory and DEI. And she actually showed up at a meeting of the Shelbyville, Kentucky area NAACP. And she stuck around for the question and answer session. The Louisville Courier-Journal said that someone asked her if her family, she's a white lady, um, asked her if her family had any hand in the slave trade. To which she provided the following answer. Grab the hockey puck. My father was born on a dirt farm in Lincoln County. Did I mention she's a white woman? She's 68 years old. She's a pettifogger. His mother was the illegitimate daughter of a very prominent person who then was kind enough to allow them to work for him as slaves. So if you're asking, did we own slaves? My father was a slave just to a white man, and he was white. Chattel slavery had been ended some 68 years prior to whenever her daddy was born. He was, of course, a gospel sharp. White lady, don't say that. He was not. Economic poverty is not the same thing as chattel slavery. And so a columnist uh, by the name of Joseph Girth asked her questions, noting it was a moment that in many ways proved how badly diversity, equity, and inclusion programs this year's chosen boogeyman of Kentucky's right-wing politicians are needed in Kentucky schools. Such diversity programs weren't around when Decker was in school. 
If they had been, she might have learned that few white people in America, short of those who have been trafficked for sex, should ever claim something like that. It's deeply offensive to those who are descendants of actual slaves to hear a white person claim that they're a descendant of a slave. So, uh, Mr. Girth asked Representing Decker uh, for a little, oh, I don't know, clarification. And uh, her only res response was, well, that's irrelevant. And he said, are you saying slavery was irrelevant? Well, it's not irrelevant. No, it's not irrelevant what slavery is, but it's shifting the focus from what we're talking about. And when he finally pressed her on what she meant by saying her daddy was a slave, she said, well, my father was born into poverty. There was a very influential man who allowed them property, and they worked on it. And 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 he he they he didn't get paid. My daddy didn't. And he finally she found, well you know I probably overstated it a little bit. Was I saying that it was kidnapping and abuse the same as slaves? No, he was a child and his family all worked there. They were sharecroppers. And so getting you know n never get into an argument with a man who buys ink by the barrel. So Mr. Girth. Getting the last word, said, so Decker's father was forced by his parents to do chores, and that was what made him a slave? I suppose any of us who washed dishes, cut grass, or took out the garbage were slaves, according to Decker's definition. Hoo-wee, that's some titanic white-wing intellect. Couldn't just let that one slide. And one last thing. And that could have been a kicker, but no. A little little piece of information you may or may not see out there in the wider media world. Um, an individual named Seamus Hughes, who has expertise in the field of terrorism... And he keeps an eye on threats that the multimillionaire for-profit media won't pick up. And it turns out that there is a burgeoning list of terrorism threats that have gone unreported. And so today, he released three more instances of homegrown terrorists sending threats of violence. One of them was Jeffrey Stevens, who is also known as Zayed Stevens. He got arrested because he threatened to, quote, shoot every pro-Israel U.S. officials. And the genius put it on the CIA website. I have very strong Palestinian Hezbollah and Iranian contacts. You people better wake up. If the U.S. strikes Palestinian resistance, you'll be destroyed. I cannot wait until CIA operatives start getting eliminated. I'm going to laugh. That was October 8th, 2023. By November 17th, he hadn't calmed down. He said, I'm going to shoot every pro-Israel U.S. government official in the head, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're the pathetic CIA. I'm going to kill all of you. And then he gave him his uh, Gmail address. 
And then he said he would uh, kill every Jew in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And said, you can't stop me because you're a bunch of stupid N-word. He said he was going to kill Jews, and especially the dark ones. And he used his actual no-kidding Facebook account to send that one. Another guy from Pennsylvania named Thomas West got popped because of threats he made against his former boss. He worked for a defense logistics agency, and he said that they owe him $50,000 and said, I understand why Timothy McVeigh did what he did. I understand why terrorists do the things they do against the United States government. I'll be showing up there today with an AR-15 assault rifle that's been converted to fully automatic. Probably a member of Meal Team 6. Recently dispatched from Camp Sedentary. He said, uh, I know where your children get on and get off the school bus. I know where your spouses work. It goes on and on and on. The problem, there's, there's, as we have been saying here for a very long time, there is far more danger here than most people even dare consider. Bomb threats. Yeah. Okay, somebody's on the stress line. Let's take a couple of minutes before we close the program. And hey, uh, if somebody wants to kick in uh, 31 bucks, that'll keep us from being over $1,000 tomorrow. Darlene in Connecticut says, Ben Micellis said that Trump's brief to the SCOTUS for a stay was poorly written and full of the same old nonsense dressed up a bit. Now C.J. Roberts is making Jack Smith respond by early next week. That orange monster is given privileges by the judicial system that you and me could only dream of. True. But Darlene, doesn't it also mean that Roberts understands that the that this will uh, that Jack Smith will just take the take the petition and yell pull and blow it out of the sky. I mean, if you, if you give the special prosecutor a week to respond to something this grave, doesn't it mean that there's not a cogent argument? I, I understanding how damn dangerous the word believe is. I have to believe that this is that that. He's not going to be put above the law because then they put Biden above the law. Just saying. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey. Hey, Flavio. Um, this is Flavio. I just uh, wanted to uh, ask you when you do um, get the, the DVD and you're able to, to watch it, that, that uh, documentary on... Um, uh, and, uh, Israel promoting here in the United States, and yeah. Now let me know when uh, when you're able to see it, and then I just wanted to recommend an extension for Firefox. 
I don't use it. It's called Tranquility. I don't use Firefox. Um, but it, it's also used in other um, browsers. It's an extension called Tranquility. And what it does is it just allows you to just read the text of um, of an article or something like that without all the accompanying ads and graphics. And it works better than some ad blockers hmm. because they don't know that you're using Tranquility and you're just, you know, accessing the article for the text. Right? Okay. Oh, so it's, it's a way to get around paywalls. Oh, I didn't realize that. Saying. Okay. Yeah, so it's really nice. Um, if you just want to, if you, you know, if you don't mind not having all the graphics and all the sludge that comes with, you know, those web pages, um, then you just want want to read the substance. Then. Yeah, it's called Tranquility, and it's available for Firefox, Chrome, all you know, all the browsers out there. Okay. And and like I said, you know, a lot of times when you use an ad blocker, they know you're using an ad blocker, and automatically the paywall will go up, and that way it doesn't always automatically go up. You know, so you can read the article. Okay. Appreciate All it. All right. All right. Great show today. Thank, Thank you. you. Flavio, have a good evening. Likewise. Bye. And so that is this Titanic Tuesday. Uh, got a little uh, got a little bit of time made up. Uh, a little bit of overtime. Got a lot more. I have to, to do a lot more to cover up the uh, cover what was missing on Monday. I don't know. But thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks for meeting Cat's Challenge, y'all. Thank you so much. It's terribly important, especially at the middle of the month. Thank you to Cat uh, for making the Grandpa Joe is old, but Donald Trump is uh, but Donald Trump is batshit crazy challenge. And thanks to everybody who responded to it. Fundraising goal tomorrow, as it stands, will be uh, um, $1,030. So that means we're unfunded for today, for Friday, for Thursday, and $130 of last Wednesday. Making progress. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer th- staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Uh, it makes a difference when you put a little review up on the podcast. It makes a difference when you make a comment. It makes a difference when you like and subscribe because it helps to build the community. Thank you. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. 
please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. We're not out of the woods yet. Get your RSV, especially if you're around small children or you are part of an at-risk population. If you're of a certain age, check in on your pneumonia shot. I find I have a... Uh, Yay, I have a little bit of insurance, and I'm going to go to the doctor next week and get a whole bunch of tests scheduled because I'm way behind on keeping up with those basic things. Don't worry, it shouldn't interfere with the program. Please wear a mask, especially if you're around the maggots, because, well, they don't care who they make sick. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if some if some maggot lawmaker from Kentucky comes towards you on the sidewalk saying, that, My daddy was born a poor black child. Well, ignore that white that white maggot lady like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina. It's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>